on today's show. Did you ever think about running for public office? Oh, God, how do you not? When you, yeah, when you yeah. see the shitheads that are... Yeah. <laughs> you watch all that and you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Howard catches up with comedian, writer, actor, director, and possible future legislator, John Stewart. Uh-huh. It's sort of like, you know, when you get in a car and the one driver's drunk and you're like, you ever think about <laughs> taking the wheel? You're like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking if uh, John Stewart ran for president, he'd be good. I like John Stewart, and he'd be like Zelensky. That guy Zelensky in the Ukraine was a comedian who had a popular TV show, and they—he turns out to be a better president than just about anybody in history. Like, why yeah. Not? Unfortunately, when we got somebody who was sort of funny from television to be president, it didn't work out so well. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you got a point there, but John Stewart for president, that'd be good. Anyway, I'll talk to him later, which would be nice. If I sound like I'm dragging my ass, I am a little bit. I, I'm a big American Idol fan, and I got caught up in the live event last night. We're now at the point in the show where Sundays and Mondays is American Idol. And Beth used to hate American Idol. And now she loves it. Oh, we're very dear. into it. Yeah, we're we're like uh, way into it. We're on the journey. Bachelor Nation, American Idol Nation. How many nations yeah. are you going to join? Well, American <laughs> Idol isn't a nation, but <laughs> well, I'm just saying you're you're sort of treating that like the Bachelor. You must watch, and you you'll stay up late to do it. I was up late watching that till about ten o'clock, and Oof. got up at I got up at like four thirty. I'm not sleeping well, and I. I think it's because of a couple of reasons. Number one, my parents, who are right now a huge worry, let's put it that way. I was on the, after the show, I was on the phone with doctors all day again. It's just, it's, it's, it's maddening managing their health care. Uh, hmm, you hear all that noise? Weird. Got something going on here. Anybody what know what's happening? Noise? Okay. Uh, hold on. Maybe it's my headset. Give me a break. I mean, give me a second. Hmm. Maybe it's on the because it's under the board. Hold on, I got to do a little maintenance. Uh, <laughs> somebody buried a wire back there. I don't know what's going on. Huge, huge noise. Can you fade the mics and see where? Yeah, it's I'm okay. Is it my it, mic? No, I don't think. I mean, I'm not going to blame you because. Let me see. Maybe it is your mic. Maybe I will blame you. Let me see. Where's your mic? Let's see. Robin. Here. Let me see. Hmm. One, two, three. Testing, testing. Now I'll put Robin up. Hello? Yep, not Hello. you. Oh. Right now no. I am testing okay. for improper modulation. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll ignore it. Don't, don't worry about it. Well, I don't it. hear it, so. Yeah, I hear it. I don't know. It might be all the compression I run, but I didn't hear it yesterday. It's weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was watching American Idol, and uh, I get way caught up in it. And then, uh, you know, yeah, yesterday, uh, I get off the air, and I usually like to chill a little bit. But uh, the doctors are already lined up on my texts looking for me to get a hold of me and ask me medical questions that, you know, sometimes I, you know, cause I'm kind of like the guy, the go-to guy in charge of their 
medications and all that other stuff. And thank God, my one of my daughters is a nurse practitioner, which thank God I paid for that education because man, it's paying she knows, it off for you. <laughs> it sure is. If I didn't, I call her for every decision I have to make, and wow. it's weird because you know. I used to think of her as my my little baby daughter. You know, she was yeah, how's uh, the your, youngest. How's your baby helping you run? Things? My What's baby is on? my baby's smarter <laughs> than me. And I go, I go, Ashley. What do I do? What do I do? And then she tells me what to do, and I'm like, Wow, this is awesome. She so really has an answer. She not only has an answer; it's the correct answer. And then she goes, Dad. You don't understand. Let me let me talk to the doctors about the medication because these pills have to be cut in half and this one can affect constipation and blah, blah. And I go, whoa, all right. So she's like my little, I want to say Thank free medicine. you have somebody who speaks medicine. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Man, everybody should make sure one of their kids goes to nurse practitioner school. She graduated you know like? uh at one time the irish i think one child one boy was for the priesthood and one you know right. they had different designations for the kids yeah well exactly <laughs> so one child I get now it. has to be in the medical profession this kid man every night i say to her you're my angel you thank you i said this isn't your burden but my good she goes dad i'm it's my grandparents i'm happy to help but man she's uh she's just spectacular and the shit she knows, I'm like, whoa. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank God I had a third kid. You know, when I had my third child, already thank my you. other two were big girls. And then I said, you know, and she was planned. People used to say, oh, you had a third kid. It's obviously an accident because you were all because done. Because she I was go, no. so far behind the other two. Yeah, and, and even she has accused me of that. She goes, Dad, you, you had an accident. I go, first of all, I don't have accidents. Number one, I'm super, very, very good with a rubber, okay? I'm a pro. I don't fuck around. If I don't want a kid, I don't have one. You can be sure of that. And, uh, no. I can I, uh, vouch for it. I heard the yep. discussions. <laughs> you sure? She, Robin knows. Call Ashley and let her know. <laughs> But uh, I look at her and I go, man, this kid. And she graduated a top program, blah, 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 blah. Thank God. Cause Brilliant I'm going girl. Nuts. She really is. Yeah. She's amazing. And they so used to sweet. ask her in school to teach a course to kids about how to study. Yeah, that's true, actually. You know, that's to forget Sirius XM. The best investment I ever made is uh, Ashley, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she, I get on the phone with her, and she's on the phone with the doctors. I'm on the phone with the doctors. We're conferring every minute. Once, sometimes I'm on with the neurologist. Sometimes I'm on with the uh, the internist. Sometimes I'm on with the psychiatrist who prescribes the meds. Then sometimes I'm. On, I mean, I, 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 I I'm on. You speed need dial. to know all phases of the medical community. Y yeah, and guess what? I had to ramp up quick with my knowledge because. I'm an idiot disc jockey. <laughs> and that's his, you know, my mother goes, I can't make decisions for myself. Howard, you make the decisions. And I realize, like, everyone thinks I know something because I'm famous and successful. I don't know squat. You know, and like, that's it. <laughs> imagine, imagine putting your life in the hands of a disc jockey. 
of Mr. Butt Bongo Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy who created Butt Bongo Fiesta. My mother's like, how would you? And I'm sure these doctors are like, aren't you the guy who made Butt Bongo Fiesta and, and was Fartman on TV? <laughs> hey, that's Dr. Fartman to you. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, what insanity are we at? My father's like completely batshit crazy now. He's screaming and yelling. My mother's like fucking under the psychiatric care of multiple doctors because she's all whacked out. And uh, Fartman's making the medical decisions because I, I go to my mom, my mom, you know, my mom, I want to kill myself. And I'm like, um, I can't do anything for myself. How would you make every decision for me? I go, okay. She doesn't even want to listen. They don't even bother to talk to her anymore. They no, no. It's me. It's me. Everyone comes to me. I thought about it yesterday, you know, and you said your dad, you know, is confused. I said, boy, you know, they always used to make a big deal about their routine. Oh, my, that's they what's really happening. They needed that routine. Well, yeah, my dad is so routine. Like he does this. He has the same thing for every meal, every lunch, every dinner. I'm just saying I know what he has for dinner. He has French fries and chicken. Mm. Uh, for lunch, he has bagels and lox. Every day, seven days a week. <laughs> and he has to put the lox on the bagel so that it's in a perfect circle. If any of the lox is hanging over the bagel, he has to cut it off or he goes insane. Oh, my. <clears throat> yeah. And then every, like he gets fully dressed every day. And he... He goes into the bathroom for an hour. But now he's like fucking bonkers. Right, my mom's because not, when your mom my, got sick and had to go away, I the hospital. think everything was disturbed. Yeah. Now he's like, uh, like uh, Ashley was over there. He's like, don't leave. Don't leave me. Oh. Yeah, you know, he's gone. He's gone completely batshit crazy. And like, yeah. Uh, he had to be sedated. I mean, it's crazy. And I mean, it's no quality of life, but I'm trying to get him. I'm trying to get them both back to the point where they can enjoy life. Cause I was talking to the doctor the other day and he said, my mom, you know, it's not that she's fucking crazy already. She's got all her marbles. She's just in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And when you're in pain, you go crazy. The pain well. still has not abated. I thought there was one day that she felt better. In one day, yeah, yeah, it was like, um, it was like, like, like weird, like weirdly great. Ah, I feel no pain, and then you know, ten minutes later, it's like, oh, I had a lot of pain. Uh, you know, it's like crazy. But I had this fantasy where I figure I make enough money, I'm, I'm gonna hire like two people to essentially adopt my parents, like, so I don't even have to hear about them, like, like they're they not make. just working for you and taking care of them; they're gonna take over. Yeah, in other words, I'm thinking of like saying, okay, I'm no longer your son. I want, I want out. I want to be, I don't want to be your son anymore. Okay. Now I can't just say that, you know, and everyone will say, what a scumbag. Howard, right. Howard I'm decided. Leaving. Right. If I was like Bob Dylan, who left his house at 18 and said, fuck you to his parents, then you understand. <laughs> so, you know, for me to just, but I was thinking I could probably hire, probably it's hire. How much does like, like a, a couple, you know, like a couple. Who could move one, in? Yeah, but I mean, one would have to be like a doctor. Yeah, so they're in the medical profession. Yeah, what's a doctor earn? Like, what's he make a year? 
Like a fairly it depends good on what kind of doctor he is. Right. But you don't need a specialist. You yeah, just I need a him- doctor like Ashley who knows what other doctors are talking about. Yeah, and I and I wanna um I wanna just sign a document that says they're responsible for everything you're, with my parents. You're in charge. I, I, here's a bunch of money. Now fuck fucking leave me alone. I want to go back to my I life where I didn't all responsibility. Yeah. You know, I like it's almost like I wanna I want to just act like I ne- I don't have that I'm an orphan. I'm orphan now, and and uh, I don't have how parents. About this? There's an adoption. Yeah. That, yes. So, yeah. yeah. How do they I do have that? To take care of their mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. I just want them. I I want them to be taken care of by somebody great, and the, and and I would sit down and say, when you sign this document, I'll pay you, but don't. Ever contact me about my parents? I don't want to. I don't even want to know if they died. It's like you take care of it. to you. They don't. Right. They're not related. Right. Yeah. They're, you, you guys uh, just yeah. people. And make sure they live a great life. You know, but you can't do that. You know, because nobody's going to love your parents as much as you do. So you got to do. Even it. sometimes when you are the child of right. that parent, you don't treat them so well. That's right. That's right. I mean, let me tell you, I have my moments of anger. I'm like, you know, gee, this is weird. My old man who yelled at me my whole life that I'd never be able to make a living, that I'd never be able to amount to anything, that I couldn't even be on the radio because I'm an idiot, is now, you know, basically completely dependent upon me because he didn't plan for his old age properly. You who was never going to know how to do anything or be able to take care of anything. Yeah, I want to go, uh, hey, dad, so you're such a fucking genius and I'm a moron. Why are we in this position today? Why are you left in my hands? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Why is Fartman handling your medical needs? <laughs> Yesterday, I'm getting a table delivered because my father keeps knocking over the kitchen table when he gets up. We keep telling him, don't put your fucking hands on the table. It had a round base. Oh, so it got oh. a square base, you know. Got a square base. How come Fartman is, how come the idiot is good enough to get a good new table for you? How come, well, how you come know, the moron? You're, you're saying you're lucky to have Ashley? They're yeah. lucky they had you. No, no, there's a difference. <laughs> they hit the lottery with me. Because I'm the moron who saved up for their retirement because they were too <laughs> fucking stupid to save up for their own. Hey, dad, maybe you should shut up and sit down. Not me. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's a fucking mess. But, uh, yeah, so if I sound exhausted, man, that's what's going on. I mean, it was between that American Idol, which I'm completely wrapped up in. I, even, I started with Beth. I go, you know, if I was a judge, I feel uh, I would have stepped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I go, forget it. I'm not getting in the judging business. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what happened the last time you went off like that? Oh, man, I didn't have a free minute. I'm sitting there on set next to Heidi Klum and Howie Mandel and uh, the other one, the Spice Girl, for for uh, fucking hours Mel on B. end. Yeah. Mel B. You know what you ought to do, love, is you've got to go out and really get some experience tarring. Tarring? <laughs> like tarring a house? Tarring. Tarring, tarring, what the fuck is tarring? <laughs> tarring, when you go out with your band. Oh, touring, it's fucking touring. Yes. Sit here and try and interpret what you're saying to them. 
Man, oh, man. Yeah, Ryan, you're on in Michigan. Tarring. Hey, Tarring. Hey, now. How's it going? It's going great. Let me tell you, I'm having a party. For anybody who's jealous of me, don't be. Amazing. Can't believe I'm talking to you right now. That's awesome, man. Um, I actually manage a dispensary here in Michigan. And I would say probably 50% or more of my patients, or not patients, uh, customers, because it's recreational, um, come in there for pain, and they are senior citizens, 80 years old, people that oh, would have yeah. pulled on me for yep. you know smoking a joint Let me tell you. in the car. Let me tell you something, Ryan. I know what you're going for here. I was talking to the doctor yesterday. They got something now. They call. It's so funny because, you know, I, I smoked a lot of weed when I was young. He goes, uh, maybe we're going to try a cabinoid. I go, hmm, cabinoid. When what the fuck? Who invented that? And uh, all of a sudden, cabinoid, cabinoid, cab- cannabis. Wait a second. What's, what are we talking about here? He's like, yeah. Goes, um, we're, we're having some success with uh, it's, it's, it's actually medically approved in this country for patients with pain and also people who my, my mom dropped 30 pounds in a month. So that's, she's not eating. Oh. So if it, what it yeah. does is it, they, they figured out in a pill how to have all the qualities of weed that all the bad qualities gives you the munchies and um, but there's no like trip you know no hallucinations right. no paranoia the good stuff is not in this pill <laughs> yeah right all you get yeah. but but it does reduce pain and gets you to eat yeah um, yeah but, uh, but so I, I, you know higher on that. And I, I think so. It's up to the doc. But I, I, mm. I gave my approval. I said, yeah, for sure. I said, I said, how about the real stuff, doc? I said, and by the way, while you're at it, I need the fucking weed, not my parents. I don't know <laughs> wait, who you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, what about the the children of people who are cuckoo? <laughs> you know, what do you give them? So um, I yeah. said, I'm for trying anything. I said, give them. My parents should be on the greatest heroin trip right now. Who gets the difference? Give it to them if they <laughs> get them out of their misery. Uh, but, well, that's uh, no, one th- thing that they do is they, uh, I mean, they replace the opiates with these THC or CBD or one-to-one. There's, yeah. there's tons of different um, cannabinoids that you can yeah. Uh, I'm learning. Cannabinoids. Cannabinoids is a is so doctors don't sound like they're you know or, they're, they're like into pot. weed. Yeah. Well, you know what else, uh, Ryan? I've learned that also. You know, my mom suffers from constipation on top of everything else. She can't shit. She just doesn't shit. I mean, and then she strains and then she blows out her roids and everything else. So, jeez. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're pushing down there, you know. So yeah, it's right, Jesus. That's what I said. I go what, but. um uh, so, so, so what the guy said is that, uh, the cannabinoids are good because. Cannabinoids. Now let's. Cannabinoids. <laughs> cannabinoids. Can you imagine? Cannabinoids. People say it different. All right. But what, what these cannabinoids do is, uh, they don't, uh, cause the, co- uh, the constipation that opioids do, you know, that ah. some of these other things do. So, uh, all I said, I said, wait a second, doc. I said this, I was making, jo- they don't like jokes, but I said, Doc, did I hire Snoop Dogg to take care of my parents or, or, or are you a doctor? And he was like, of course I'm a doctor. I go, all right. Cabananoids. Coca-cabananoids. But Yeah, my mom's on bananaraminoids. Oh, no shit. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man, what a fucking world I'm in. 
All right. Hey, Ryan, thanks. <laughs> With the weed and the banana bananoids and bananoids. <laughs> Don't ask what's going on. Yeah, Bob, you're you're on the air. Talking to me? Hey. Hey, Robin, the doctor told me to hire some cabana boys for my mom. She thinks that'll get her out of her funk. <laughs> cabana Maybe boys. that would work. I don't know. And then you go, Howard, I think it's cabanoids. And I go, no, I think he said cabana boys, like these young boys who, you know, you set up your towel. cannabinoids? <laughs> no, cabana boys. I'm telling you. They you come in a pill, Howard. <laughs> yeah, you know those guys when you go to a resort and you give them a 10 to lay out all the chairs and reserve it? I love you put that. Put your towel down, yeah. I used to pay a fucking fortune to go on these. I don't go on them anymore, obviously, because I've had it. But uh, you'd go to these fancy resorts in Mexico and, uh, you know, you're paying a fucking fortune a night. You could imagine, you know, the real fancy joints and uh, come down to the pool ready to chill. There's no fucking uh, chaise lounge for, for me and my wife. I'm like, sometimes I take the kids. Kids are like, what? what? Where's the chaise? I go, let me find out what's going on. You go over, and you got to sh- you got to smear the cabana boy That's in order right. to get his shed. He's waiting. So, so now I go over to the guy. I, go, I don't know what he's supposed to get. And then like I give him, a, I give him like a fucking twenty to set up th- two chairs. Well, you're in a foreign okay? country. Do you use American money? Or are you getting always pesos? American? What are you they always American. pesos? They're like, you're not getting any fucking chair, asshole. You give us dollars. So. uh that's my Mexican uh, accent. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, uh, yeah. So I go down. I'm at this expensive place. I'm like, you got to fuck. I go to the desk. What the fuck's the deal? Oh, Mr. Stern, you know, we're so sorry. We're overbooked, blah, 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 blah. I said, what do I got to do? Jerk off a cabana boy for an umbrella? <laughs> I'm fucking baking in the sun here. I'm, I'm Look at me. I'm a white man. The hell's going on? I'm fucking red here. I'm paying thousands of dollars a night. I got to fucking... I got to beg a guy for a towel. <laughs> Why did you blow me? I go, Ben, I'm never coming back here. I, I, I throw up a stink. Right. Then I talk to, I, then I see some guy who seems to be all set up every day in the same place. He's got a fucking awning over him. He's got a whole, right, I go, I go, right. I go, I go they're running around him like I go, he's good to, to yeah. smell. Yeah. I go, dude, I look, man, I'm not looking to fucking buck you or get any of your secrets. I said, just share your secret with me. I won't tell anybody. How are you all set up? I want that. He goes, you give the guy a hundred bucks for the week and you tell him every day you want your setup. And then you got to put a book or some personal item on your chair and then people know it's yours. Oh, I see. I said, I got to set up camp like a homeless person right on this fucking chair. I got it. This dude, this dude's got to set up with a fucking like tent over him. Yes. I go, what is, is, what is he, the Fonzie of this hotel? Like, 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 like what he snap his fingers and everyone jumps to? Well, I go over to the, the, the cabana boy, give him a nice fucking hundred dollar bill. And uh, I said, listen, I want my setup for the week. I come down here with my wife. I want to look like I own this place, like that fat fuck over there who's got a tent over him. I want to look like that. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's running around. He's doing the setup every day. Your setup will be here. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Next day I come down. No setup. What happened? The little, this fucking guy fucking fleeced me. He, he, he was there. This guy doesn't even work there the rest of the week. I was going to say, was he the cabana boy or just the guy? No, I think I paid a guy. 
No, he was a cabana boy for like the day. He was like a temp. And he didn't tell the other cabana boys what my deal was. Right. So he, he ran off with my hundred. He your 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh, now I'm fucking livid. <laughs> I, I, I go, so I got to dole it out like I'm doling out to pigeons, these cabana boys. You can't dole out the whole hundred. I don't know what this guy's talking about. You don't know if he's going to be there tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm tracking the their hours. I still have his setup. What was he had on? his setup. Oh yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and in Mexico, a hundred dollars. I think this kid retired on my money. I think he, he said, "You know what? A house. <laughs> I think he quit <laughs> he the business. He quit the business <laughs> on my hundred. He's like, I'm going to buy one of those little houses. Uh, yeah, on Amazon. <laughs> Set it up in Mexico." Uh, I can't win. That's why I don't go anywhere anymore. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> you don't know what what the rules are. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they don't yeah. have that in the guidebook, huh? You gotta mm. smear the cabana boy. Smear, smear, smear away. You know, I finally got smart. I realized it was cheaper to build my own pool. Got a fucking gorgeous <laughs> pool. Guess what? I got a I got a, a front seat at the pool. You have your own setup all the time. Yeah. I don't have to go to Fat Fonzie to find out how to get a chair. Give me a break. I used to go to a place called Jumby Bay. I don't even know if it's in business anymore, but it was a pretty cool setup. They recognized my dilemma. Their whole deal was once you pay, there is no tipping. There is nothing. And you, when you go down to the pool, you have a chaise set up for you. And I was like, this is awesome. That's what I want. I'll pay more money up front. Just make sure I got a chaise. I look like a douchebag in front of my wife and my children. Like, Daddy, we don't have a chaise. Where are we supposed to sit? Yeah, and then right away I I, 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 I jump into Superman mode and I'm all agitated. <laughs> why don't I have a chaise? And why is it called a chaise? I don't know why you're saying uh, that word. You sound like some guy who's, you know, on the deck of a... Uh, well, cruise ship, chaise. Because I've spent because I've spent endless hours at resorts trying to get a chaise. <laughs> That's what it's called. Oh man! Hey Bob, what's on your mind? Hello, Howard. Chaise. Hello. Yeah. Hello. You there? Uh, uh, hello. 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 I Are you there? My okay, you. Come on, I'm here, go I ahead. Think. All right, please hurry I before I blow. My daughter's a nurse as well. All right. And basically, I'm going to tell you about my older brother first. He passed away when he was like 31. He had a heart. Let me uh, before you go into your brother. Let me make a distinction. My daughter is a nurse practitioner. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. You say a nurse as well. Yes. No, 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 no. My daughter's an RN and an NP. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm trying. I'm trying to get my daughter to go back to school for that as well. All right. But uh, my, like I said, my oldest brother passed away, so I always got my heart checked, stress tests. Um, about three years ago, I went for a stress test. I passed. My daughter knew the doctor. They were going over the test. Actually, um, she works in St. Francis with Doctor Schlafnick. Uh, Schlafnick is that it? Ah. 
Yeah, he's a top guy. Schlafmitz is the best. I know. I know all the doctors, yeah. by the way. Thank yeah, you, really, Dr. Schlafmitz. Just ask you. You know them. Is I know him because. Doctor? Yes, he's Dr. the top Schla- guy. Dr. Schlafmitz <laughs> is my mother and father's heart surgeon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys on my daily call. I mean, wow. uh, was, well, he, he's he's the greatest guy on the planet. But, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I spend my day and I think I, I even think he's probably getting tired of me. All the doctors, you know, at first it's kind of exciting to talk to Howard Stern, the guy who played Fartman on MTV. After a while, it's annoying because every minute yeah, my parents have a not problem. Not every There's day, no... Howard. You're, right. you're good well, in small doses. <laughs> what I'm thinking of doing yep. is hiring Dr. Schlafmitz to actually adopt my parents to become their son <laughs> your mom would and, like that does, does she still light up when his name is mentioned oh she starts to get wet she hasn't gotten wet down there in 50 <laughs> years she dried up a long time ago she sees dr Schlapp. oh hello dr Schlapp, man <laughs> i'm like he it's like john stamos just walked in the room wow yeah oh she's like yeah. dr Schlafmitz is so wonderful we have to do something for him. I go, we, we, you, you do. I, I'm working. You, you have all day. I don't know what to get him. What do you know anything anymore? You have all day. You could f- shop for Dr. Schlafmitz. So you're, how would, what would Dr. Schlafmitz like more than anything? You have to thank him on the air. Well, my, my daughter's. I, I didn't go to Doctor Schlafnick actually. I'm all right, all right, doctor. all right, Bob. I got I got to get off this call. It's it's upsetting me. I don't like my story. I don't want to get over here. Well, well, can you sum it up? You know, okay. I, I feel bad about your brother, but but yeah, go ahead. Doctor said the doctor said I was fine. My daughter said, but I didn't finish the test. I ran out of breath, so I needed a CAT scan. The doctor said, no, he's fine. He's fine. Doctor, my daughter goes, no, he needs a CAT scan. She got the script. I went to the CAT scan of my heart. They said there was blockages, so I'm okay. Okay, so I went to a, a different doctor. Uh, okay, but uh, okay, oh, Bob. Cool. Thanks, thanks for the call. Holy shit! On uh, next week's episode, <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm annoyed with his daughter for saving him. Like he could have gone. No one would have missed this guy, Bob. <laughs> Bob. Um, yeah, Howard. Um, quick story. Um, so my daughter's a nurse, uh, like your daughter. And, uh, yeah, um, she saved me. But first, let me tell you about my brother. Uh, he died. So, uh, yeah. Bob, okay. I'm swimming in bullshit. Nobody cares about you. Holy moly. Holy moly. So, Howard, just please, let me finish my story. So, uh, listen to this. I had a doctor's appointment in Spring right? My daughter moved it to 4.15, okay? So, listen to this. If I had gone at 3.30, well, never mind that. My brother died. Did I tell you that? Act two. All right. So, so then my heart problem returned, right? Did I tell you that? Yeah, you told me that. Well, well, well let me stop that story and tell you something about happening to me in middle school when I was uh, just a child. What happened? Well, uh, my bo- my blood pressure for a kid was borderline 130, uh, 89. Well, when the doctor saw that, he didn't say anything. My daughter, who came back in a time machine to when I was in middle school, told him. Holy mackerel. What are you? Who are you? Bob. Howard, in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Holy moly. Here's the twist, it's Howard. funny because you said, let me make the distinction. My daughter is a nurse practitioner. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I'm trying to get my uh, daughter to go back to school. 
Yeah, let me tell you about that. So, uh, you know, they're thinking of getting rid of daylight savings time, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, did I mention I always liked the color red? Call me weird. Wait, wait, wait. Don't hang up. You didn't hear my original story, which I digressed from. Howard, please, give me one more minute. Okay, Bob, one more minute. So the doctor called to confirm my appointment, but my daughter called them to make sure they were confirming the appointment. So she left me a message, and then they left a message when they called back. At the time, I was watching the TV show The Wire, which took place in Baltimore. Do you remember that? So so my LDLs were borderline, but no one was concerned. And you know I don't eat a lot of meat, so I wasn't worried. Yeah. When this is how did this start to the point? How would you remember the the copper age? The copper age, yes, many years ago, when my great great grandfather came to this country. Before he came here, he was a knight. He was knighted by the Queen of England. Really? Wow, ma'am. Because I mentioned what I'm going through with my parents, <clears throat> doesn't mean everyone in the audience wants to hear about your parents. Do you understand? Or if you say your daughter's a nurse practitioner and she's saving mm. you, we don't want to hear about your daughter and how yeah. she's saving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, people, here's what happens with radio. People sit by the radio. God bless. I mean, that's how I make a living. And they listen and they go, you know what? I'm just like Howard. My daughter's a nurse and she saved my life. I better call in. They don't really think it through. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spur of the moment decision to call into the show. <laughs> so he's listening. He goes, let me tell Howard. Howard, you're not going to believe it. My daughter's a nurse and she saved my life. Okay. Let me ask you something, Bob. Uh, after this story, can you tell me about the time you went to the dentist? <laughs> Howard, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yes, Suzanne, you're on the air. Hey, Howard. Hi. Is it Howard? Oh boy. Yes, Howard. Hello. Oh, hi, hello. Howard. Hello, hello. Hi. Sorry, I didn't know if it was hello, hello. sound like you. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Yes. What can I do for you, hi. Susan? Hi. Suzanne, not Susan. Suzanne, Suzanne, I apologize. Yeah. Suzanne, thank you. I just, um, your uh, Chez Lounge, as you said, it story struck a chord with me because I just went away and I literally had to get up in the dark because they wouldn't accept tips and go out and put my towels <laughs> down at chairs and books yeah. and things. It literally was dark, pitch black. This out. is what I mean. This is, suppo- this, is, yeah. this is a scam by That's these hotels. No, That's you're, you're paying you're yeah. paying all this money for a room. You go to these top level resorts, and then they give you a shtick. It becomes like work. It's like, what? I'm here to relax. That's the whole reason for your fucking business. I'm supposed to be able Correct. to not have to cook for the week. I'm supposed to be able to sit out by a beautiful pool. And now all of a sudden, I'm pressured into I gotta play chaise roulette with these <laughs> fat fuckers who all are here. And you know it's so embarrassing to me. I, you know, I, I would go to I would go to these resorts, and and I'm famous. And imagine the glee in these people's hearts when they see me walk in, 
they have a chaise set up, and I don't have a chaise. They're like, look right. at that fucking oh, look, idiot. Poor Howard's wandering around. <laughs> Howard's wandering <laughs> right. around with the cabana boy, look, and the cheap lost. asshole doesn't know to give him 100 bucks. Because <laughs> well, she's you stupid. Even this place. You, you couldn't even tip at this place. The towel person didn't even get up until 8 o'clock. I literally had oh to get God. towels the night before. I look out at six fifteen. The sun's not even up yet, and people are already hoarding chairs. At, like, yeah, I yeah, and they I hoard the chairs. It's and a then job. you have, and then you have people who don't who who don't even use the chair all day. I I monitor them. Right, they have their chair, they have their I book on it, and they they're not there the whole day, and they reserve the chair. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I got to tell you, it sounds like something. you two have wonderful times on vacation. Um, oh, I, I don't go anymore. Yeah. I, bu- I bought a house with a pool. I don't go to, I, I have my own house, my own pool. That's it. I don't need a cabana boy. You know, and I'm famous I, and I'm standing around and I'm rather tall. So I'm now the entertainment for the people. They're watching me. I see them watching me. They're watching me. you stalk back and forth trying to figure out how to get a chaise. And I start walking more and more like a snail when I'm, you know, I, I people say, Howard, you hunch over when you walk. I say, of course I do. I'm at a pool. Everyone's staring at me because I don't have a chaise set up. <laughs> I look like um, 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 a Ukrainian refugee. It's like Putin just blew up my fucking condo. And, and now now I got to go find a, a refuge at the chaise. This is supposed to be a vacation. What happened to the minimalist? You weren't a minimalist then. <laughs> no, not then. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think I ran out, you know, I didn't bring much cash. I didn't think I needed, you know, I'd already paid right. for it. Right. Well, you're, you're supposed to be now on yeah. vacation. You're paying a mother, the mother load for this place oh. you're staying in. It should then, come with a chair and a towel by the pool. And now I'm locking up cash in the room safe. Then I go, Oh shit, I forgot the cash. I run back up into my room. I got to wear a long sleeve shirt that has a pocket in it so yeah. that I can keep the cash. And then. Whatever I tip this cabana boy, then the rest of the cash is just laying on my chair. Right. And, now I, and, and, and the whole thing is just horrible. Uh, I mean, what are we talking Everything about Everything is here? horrible. The Everything's day, horrible. Yesterday, somebody sent me, uh, you know, something from like a retirement community. <laughs> and <laughs> they had an Elvis impersonator. Oh, God. Come in. Yeah. And he looks ridiculous in a flaming red outfit with that black wig. <laughs> and I thought, is this retirement? These poor yeah. people, this is all they get for entertainment? Well, that's what's going on with my dad, too. Now with my mom in the hospital, that she used to be his only sort of person. And then, and now I, so now he's, he's sitting there by himself all day. So I go to him, Dad. <laughs> And he can't hear. He's stone deaf. I just ordered him some new device. I'm sending him back to the audiologist. Oh, wow. I go, Dad, you need in- you need social interaction. Downstairs, they got where he lives now, where I set them up. They got music. They got people. They got a movie theater. I go, Dad, you need you need to go downstairs <laughs> to see the music. They listen to music. <laughs> to see people. Go down there. They got a card room. You can play cards. I don't want to play Dad, you love cards. You don't want why don't you go why don't you go down to the music room? They got a guest musician. And sure enough, it's fucking Elvis saying that <laughs> my father Who's Elvis? He's not gonna go watch Elvis. I know. I was like, this is so sad. <laughs> uh Joel, you're on the air in Maryland. 
Hey, Howard. Hey, Robin. My name is Joel. Hey. I'm a physician in Baltimore. I'm an internist wow. and geriatrician. It's just a total pleasure to talk to the two of you. I've been tell me that you're calling in. in the 1980s. Tell me, telling me you're calling in to you want me to pay you to take care to like just be my parents' son <laughs> and be, alleviate be son. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, would that I could, but I I won't be uh, I won't be uh, committing to that. So sorry. I just wanted to let you know, you know, if you're looking at cannabis as an option for your parents, it really is a legitimate one. You should work with a physician who who knows about cannabis. Don't just go to a dispensary because they'll give you no, 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 very no. unsteady on their feet and they'll fall down. But if right? You, if you no, 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 no. Do it in a real smart way. I'm serious. Joel, you'll you'll be able to doctor, see benefit. Doctor, uh, I'm not de- dealing with them. I'm not deal. I'm not dealing with a dispensary. I'm talking to professional yeah, doctors. Yeah, this isn't who, his own idea. A doctor. Yeah, he's mean, talking I'm, to a doctor about. In fact, some of my pothead fucking friends were would sit and tell me, "You got to get CBD oil. You got to go." I'm get the fuck out of here. You know what? What are you, you talking about? But then when the doctor says it, different story. I'm dealing with real doctors. Thank you, Joel. All right. Anyway. Oh, uh, I got all these people working for me. Some of them should. Just go take care of my parents. Never mind writing jokes. This is one of those things where everybody, you know, they look and they go, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And they leave you alone. (laughs) Thank God I had sex with my wife on Sunday. That's the only time I like I'm out of my misery. Like when that Mm. woman gives me some some kind of action. I was smart. I wanted it so bad. I I texted her. You heard her yesterday. I said, honey. I'm in the fantasy suite. <laughs> if you if you want to join me and forego your individual room, let's go. And uh, she said she needed 10 minutes. I see that as massive rejection. I expect a woman to just come running in as soon as she hears I'm there, you know, because <laughs> I'm so fucking needy. I've got such a dark hole inside of me. Well, I'm afraid need. for you because of that, because yeah. I see that you're. You know, your mother and father are like, um, you know, Siamese twins. The moment yeah. one goes off, the other one goes off. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I'll go way before Beth. So well, I'm, I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying that, you know, this total dependence on one human being. Yeah, I know. Is a bad deal. I hear you. I just think it's so funny that, like, I'm in charge of my parents care and. I'm the most selfish prick. I'm the most selfish prick. You don't want me in charge. I'm like, come on. Look, you guys think this is a routine. No, this is yeah. what I hear when we talk on the phone. Yeah, there's no routine. I said to Robert, I can't do this. You have to take over. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so when Beth came in and released my tension, it was really great. I, I can't imagine... How I realized, long does that last? You know, like, uh, I, well, all right, now you're in Nirvana. You're laying what there. happened is, I'll tell you what happened. I got in the room and I texted her. I was already nude because I had just showered and brushed my teeth. <laughs> you know, and washed my balls. <laughs> so There's nothing offensive. Freshened up. Yeah, I freshened up. And then I look at my, then I spe- well, when you say how long it lasts, are you starting from the time when I'm looking at myself in the mirror naked and going, who the <laughs> fuck would want to fuck this? And look at my belly and look at my tits. Or are you starting from the actual penetration? No, I wanted to know from, you know, the time Uh, you got yourself ready and got into bed and texted her. I took the shower. And then to the the end. 
I texted her. She said she'd be 10 minutes, so I didn't get impatient. I put on Superman and Lois. I was in the middle of I was going to ask, what did you do for the 10 minutes? <laughs> Let me tell you something. There is nothing sexier that when a woman walks into the room to make love to me, I'm laying there nude, legs akimbo, with Superman and Lois on TV. <laughs> it makes a, woman, makes a woman doubt her entire decision who to throw in with. I mean, it's really childish. She walks in, she goes, oh, what are you watching? Uh, I go, um, Superman and Lois. <laughs> the, the, the TV list is like what a what a seven year old would watch. <laughs> I, you don't understand. Bizarro Superman just came in from another world, and he's confused. Anyway, uh, yeah, she walks in and sees that, and she goes, "Well, if you, you know, first she tries to get out of it. She goes, well, uh, if you want to finish Superman and Lois, uh, I can leave.'" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm turning this off." <laughs> She just wrote. Now, do you a, guys listen to music while you have sex? No, or no, no. Just every, no. it's quiet. I tried that once. Beth started laughing at me. She goes, "Oh, you're all set up." <laughs> I go, "Well, I was trying to make it romantic," and then I feel like a douche. <laughs> she doesn't like any of that. All right. Just like that. even if I give her, if I send her a card on Valentine's Day that I make, I make cards myself because I paint. And if there's like a douchey poem or anything <laughs> like sappy, she starts laughing at me. Oh, so I got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Like she, you know, like she doesn't want to hear roses or red, violets or blues. So she don't want to hear any nonsense. If I put on music right away, I get goofed on. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, oh, you set up some music. And one time I put on a fireplace. Oh, forget that. Like I had a little fire going. I got, right. she goes, oh, you have a fire. <laughs> I go, yeah, I thought it would be fun. Maybe I don't know. Romantic. Then I blamed you because Robin what? once told me, she goes, oh, furniture is sexy and rooms are sexy. And I was like, well, I've Robin told me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always end up in the lovemaking. I blame you. And then, um, but anyway, then uh, you're, you're asking how long it lasts, but we get down a bit. First, we, uh, there's a little banter. I'll squeeze Beth's butt and maybe, <laughs> maybe you know, rubber belly. She'll uh, manipulate my peen for a few seconds. I'm hard as a rock anyway. Once I see her, I'm I'm rock hard. One thing about me, you don't you girls, don't you don't start know. something before she gets there. Um, I try to chub up, like I, I rub the sheet against my penis. Sometimes that <laughs> makes me feel good. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that sometimes. But okay. sometimes it, you know, you watch it, Superman and Lois, you get absorbed into the story. <laughs> I was even like, I, you know what? I swear to you, on Sunday I'm watching. I go maybe. Lois Lane, Lois Lane and Lana Lang were having a scene together. And I was like, oh, imagine if those two got it on. And I was like <laughs> rubbing the, the sheet against my penis, hoping like maybe I'd chub up. It'd be nice for Beth to walk in and see an erection or ready to go right. or, or, or the appearance of a very big penis, like kind of chubbed up. <laughs> but I couldn't get anything going because hey, I'm, not, I'm not that attracted to the woman who plays Lois Lane on Superman and Lois. You know, she's a little, I don't know. She She's pretty, don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, she's more like a mom than a hot chick. She's got that mom vibe you don't get. Yeah. She's she's like a mom with big tits, and that's what I had at home. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking for that. You're not chubbing up to that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Anything that resembles my mom, I'm not chubbing up to.
<laughs> I'm all man. And anyway, yeah. So uh, to answer your question, I know I'm beating around the bush. No joke intended, but I, yeah, she gets in, she rubs my peen. You count, and then you're talking about penetration. Uh, once I get in there, yeah, I think I could get my move there on top, and move the side. Move <laughs> I, I would say, there's honestly, a, there's a map you have to follow. <laughs> yeah, we have a routine. We like. I'm okay. a very routine guy, and uh, I have a position I like that I like to, you know, I finish. I would say it's a good. I'm going to say between, hmm, could it be like seven minutes, maybe? Oh, Just the oh. right amount. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. five. Maybe maybe I'm bragging a little. Maybe I'm exaggerating. <laughs> maybe it's five. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, seven. <laughs> then I realized, um, maybe I'm lying. Maybe it's five. You're exaggerating a little bit. But it's enough. I know I know. Beth doesn't like nonsense. Like, she doesn't want to see me, like, you know, plowing away for an hour like a porn film. And not, doing five different positions and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she, she not looking for that. She likes to get right to it. No nonsense. And, uh, yeah. So, I, I think I'm good for, you know. I told you. I, we're, this, I feel we're this very... This pretty good, you know, for an older guy. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I'm just like my dad. I'm very routined. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Now we will have sex. First, <laughs> we will lay on our back. Then we will, you know. <laughs> now I am entering you from the side. Thank I you. Even, when I'm thinking about your parents, I can't even imagine them having sex. Oh, no. It's testing, disgusting. Testing. One, <laughs> one, two. <laughs> we are now. All right. What was I, I, you know, it starts to get late and then John Stewart's uh, going to come by. I'm anxious to speak with him, but I have a lot to talk to you about. Um, first of all, I'll just mention a couple of things in no particular order. Uh, first of all, Dolly Parton bows out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Good for her. I don't blame her. I, you know, I was in, uh, supposedly inducted into the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And uh, they they contacted me. First of all, I was insulted because my feeling is I am radio. I had I should have been the first inductee. Yeah, there had been uh, some kind of radio hall of fame, and they were having things and inducting people long before they ever yeah contacted you. They were inducting people you never heard of. Yeah. You know, cousin cousin Melvin from Ohio. You know, right? The, the famous DJ. Well, that's and why he, the radio hall of fame was getting so much attention. You didn't know who they were inducting. Schwartz, the devil man, being inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, you know. And I was just insulted. And then finally, I guess they decided I was worthy. And I said, fuck you. I don't want your fucking award. And I think Dolly Parton's the same way. She's like, fuck you. I'm Dolly Parton. Who needs your award? Yeah, I'm Dolly Parton. Not only that, how did Dolly, she even said, I'm not even rock and roll. The coolest thing you could do is say no to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think. I saw, I said that to John Bon Jovi because I inducted him. I said, John, how about we, how about I go there, you don't show up, and I'll say, John doesn't want your fucking award. Fuck you. Guy sold 80 you million albums. You would be albums. his Sasheen Littlefeather? Yeah, <laughs> I, go, he, they made, I go, John t- wants me to tell you this. He sold 80 million albums. And you made him wait to 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 to, to, to get in behind uh, um, um, uh, the nineteen ten fruit gum company. <laughs> what fuck the you. fuck? John wants you to blow him. John wants you to blow him. She's got the right idea. Fuck them all. 
So stupid. But Dolly's on said, another planet. I was reading about her because, you know, the the, the whole thing came in, up in the news. This is a woman who donated money to help the, develop the mRNA vaccine. Right. She, uh, um, I think, gives a college education to every employee of Dollywood. Right. She is, she says, if you really want to and you've had this kind of success, you can do a lot for people. So she's not just the, you know, she's not just like fanfare and, you know, glamour and all of that. She really yeah. cares about the people in her employee and she cares about the country and she cares about the world. I, I, how many times have I said to you, she's Mother Teresa with big tits? <laughs> with I told tits. you that. <laughs> <laughs> so they put Dolly Parton on the rock and roll. First of all, she wasn't like asked to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They put her on the ballot. And, right, you she's know, being nominated. Yeah, and she's like, wait a second. You mean people like John Hine and Gary Delabanque are going to vote on whether I'm worthy of this? Really? And, and really? Gary Delabanque said he wasn't going to vote for her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, boss. I think, it, I think it's premature for, for Dolly Parton to be in. I'm just saying, I'm Gary Della Donke. <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't know what you said. But the point is, imagine how insulting it is for a woman who wrote some of the greatest songs in history to have Gary Della Banque voting on whether she's worthy of being in the stupid Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You follow? I do. do you see how dumb that is? I, I, for you, yes. We don't even know how you vote. How do you vote? Well, first of all, first of all, put the pencil in my hand. No, no, no. I'm like, what do you got to do with rock and roll? Well, first of all, I worked at a record store when I was in high school. Secondly, how I vote is this. I have criteria. First, I asked myself, well, what really has she done in her career? She's no flock of seagulls, ball. Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie. And let's face it. Not every song she wrote is a hit. She had a few stumbles in her catalog. Baba Booey. You know, for my money, Jolene is good, but it's not great. Baba, Baba Booey. Yeah, I mean, no offense to Gary or John, but I, if there was an organization that I had to lobby those two <laughs> to get into. <laughs> well, at I, least, be, like, if you get nominated for an Oscar... Actors and actresses and directors are voting. Dolly, so you see that? Uh, Dolly, you see that guy over there with the huge teeth? <laughs> yes. You have to go suck up to him. We think he might be voting for Steely Dan instead of you. Oh, by all means. By the way, there's I no don't lobbying know. To us. There's only Nobody... so much rules. Steely Dan, both. Sorry. Well, Gary, what's your credentials for <clears throat> voting on Dolly Parton? <clears throat> I own over 2,000 pieces of vinyl. I was the one who brought 99 Luft balloons to Record World. <clears throat> I own a jukebox. <laughs> yeah. You're a voter too, I are, own right? a jukebox. Nope. Nope. Yes, you are. I'm not voting. They sent, no, they they want send me you a ballot. Vote. They sent me a ballot, and guess where it goes? Right in the garbage. I let my cat vote. I let my cat. I put ink on my cat's uh, paws, and then, it, then whatever she steps on, I. Uh... 
the idea that Dolly Parton is being voted on by judged by Gary. judged by zero time platinum artist Gary Delabonte. <laughs> I'm just that guy when it comes to musical knowledge. That's why the Rock and Roll Dolo, Hall of Fame bookie, turns to me. Bookie, Dilo, Dilo, bookie. <laughs> Can you imagine this woman? This woman sat in a room. Riding Jolene, and I will always love you. Look, and she nine was in to a five. <clears throat> shabby cabin. I, you know, yeah. she didn't cover her money. There was no music lessons. Yeah, poor woman's being fucked by a hillbilly when <laughs> writing these songs. <clears throat> I don't know, both. Dolly isn't even on my desert island disc list, so I don't know. You don't even play a, an instrument, Gary. Oh, I play trumpet with James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's the guy who judged. <laughs> Gary's the guy who. Thank you. Gary's the guy who judged the iPad and gave it a thumbs down. So I mean, you know, like, uh, hmm, who should I vote for? Hey, that's who's voting for you. <laughs> yeah. That's why he gets to vote on you, Dolly. God bless Dolly Parton. I'm very proud of her. When I read that story, I went, "Wow, what a cool move!" I love it. Gee, I wouldn't have had to go to Cleveland if John Bon Jovi had done that. I, I begged John. I go, John, why do we want the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't want to fly to Cleveland. I don't want to give a speech. Howard, I'm asking you. It's important to me. I go, John, let me convince you that it's not important. It's a ridiculous fucking organization. Ridiculous. Gary votes. Did you tell him Gary votes? <laughs> I told him that. I, I told him. You told me. Tell him Gary votes. John Hines. <laughs> I said, John, Gary votes. Gary Delabanque. I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. How you doing? This is Gary. I listen to the radio a lot. I also study liner notes. I listen to the jukebox. Amassing a record collection became my hobby. If I had two 45s, they were placed chronologically. I love 80s music. I got game, girl. I was the guy who imported 99 Luft balloons to record work. I used to study rock and roll trivia books in college. I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. Right. Yes. I love being that guy when it comes to music knowledge. Mm -hmm. right, I get it. Ga Gary uh, judging Dolly Parton would be like if, uh, like, 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 like if Benji was judging Mr. Universe. Okay. Dolly Ponte. Say that again, Wendy, please. Dolly Ponte. Gary Delabate. Bate. Gary Delabate. Yeah, yeah. Gary Delabate. Gary Delabate. Yeah. Gary Delabate. Gary Delabate. Yeah. I don't even know there if she's go. saying Gary at this point. <laughs> what is she saying? Gary Delabate. Gary Del. Not Gary Delabate. Gary. Billy Bate is Billy Barry Bonte. Gary Bate, mm. fine, good enough. <laughs> Barry Billy Bonte. By the way, uh, Harry Belafonte. Barry Billy Barry Bonte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, in the, the other old days, yes. Baba Bowie. I would get some people would would send 
mail to the station, it would say Gary Belafonte. Really? Deliver it, and it would get delivered. Yeah, yeah people used to <laughs> think Bubba my producer Pui. was a famous singer and uh, a Caribbean singer. Maybe that's how he wound up voting in the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall. Yeah, they think he. Pui, they think Pui, Gary's Pui. Harry Belafonte. <laughs> <laughs> they saw that last name and they gave up. By the way, my staff looked up the bottle of scotch I got, Gary. It, it retails for between five hundred and five hundred fifty dollars without yes. his name. So I saw that. Thank no, I saw that. What? Because I didn't realize it was the sherry cask. It's. A, I listen. I'm very grateful. It's amazing. Yeah, but but, but dude, you just made me look like a you, cheap you, fuck. You I telling everybody I, it was two sixty five. I go. I, I spent about six. I go. I spent about six hundred fifty bucks on Gary's birthday gift, and he goes, "Balls, it's two fifty. Then he's saying that the, putting the name on cost another 250 No, but yeah. putting the name on costs money, too. But I listen, bought I'm you grateful. a fucking fine bottle of scotch, dude. That's and I it. love it. Thank you. And it's over you, $500. You. And drink, drink up a uh, Barry Bella belly button. <laughs> Whatever. Belly monkey wonko. All right. Wait, no <laughs> sense with that. Don't do the monkey thing. Anyway, Gary uh, is a, he is, in fact, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, voter. Um, Gary Delabonte. Bate. <laughs> I'm sitting here picking cat hair off my, you know, I have so many cats. I, I'm, are you covered in cat hair all the time? I am constantly covered. A lot of the time, yeah. I try to keep my work clothes away from the cats. Me too. I tried to describe that to Beth. I said, I said, honey, I don't want to sit on the couch because I'm in my, my work clothes. And she's like, oh, stop it. I'll, um, I'll, um, take that, that thing that, that little the thing and up. rub it all over the, rub it all, and <laughs> over you does. and the thing and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I go rub it on my penis. <laughs> yeah. I, I have this whole thing going on now. The other reason I'm exhausted this morning is I've decided I'm going to, I, I think I stopped working out during the pandemic. I decided I was too old to work out anymore. I'm, you know, I'm doing these wimpy workouts. My whole body's going to shit. And now I have decided, like Rocky in Rocky One, I am going to emerge from the ashes and I'm going to get back into shape one more time. I'm going to get rid of this belly. I'm going to get rid of my titties. This is gonna, it, the final push. I'm going to get rid of my childbearing hips and I am going to be attractive again. Or for the first time, let's just say. <laughs> da, da, da. Feeling free. Feeling strong. I am Shvi. It's Shvi. Come on, everybody. Jitty. Hey, now. Hi, Ben. You're on in Delaware. Hey, hey now. And then uh, I'll much get love to, and, uh, uh, oh, sorry. Much love and no. uh, uh, sympathy for you and your parents. Thank um, you. I was looking at those pictures of Beth on Instagram yesterday with total admiration. Like, what a beautiful woman. I mean, I got to tell you. Oh, she's let me like tell you. flawless. I mean, <clears throat> I was doing the, the Zoom, you know, like the laser pointer type thing. Looking, at, yep. <clears throat> looking for really? a flaw. There's not a single one there. I took you know, that picture with an. I took that picture with the iPhone, and um, and uh, there is no actions on it whatsoever. So there you go. And uh, and I check Beth for flaws every day. Uh, she goes through inspection, and uh, yes, I agree with you. Uh, what a lucky uh, man! I got to tell you, um, I am a lucky man. I am a lucky man. I do love that woman very much, and I love my audience because Robin, you will too. 
I know you complain about the audience and you don't like the audience normally, oh, but what? I'll tell you. Yes, I'll tell you this. I mean, off the air. I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> um, uh, so many people heard Beth on the air yesterday talking about the animals in Ukraine and all that. So many people just donated. They didn't even care whether they got the got the, a T-shirt um, or not. Got a T-shirt or not. And then a lot of people. You can't even keep those T-shirts in stock. So many people yeah. are. Uh, I mean, they're. It's just remarkable and. Um, there's a horrible situation, obviously, in Ukraine. And, uh, it's, uh, so anyway, there was a lot of good hearted souls there, Ben. And, and, uh, and, uh, that, that's all good stuff. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to round up the family and try to buy one for uh, everybody for, uh, you there know, you like, uh, um, so, but the second picture, when she's like kind of bent over with the Helen Rose shirt, you know, that sitting position would make anybody's stomach look. That's like the worst position you could sit in that, like, you know, kind of bent. Yes. Like flawless. Yeah, and she eats uh like like um pirate's booty for lunch and I um, thought about what you said with the cauliflower puffs. Yeah. I was like, what? What yeah, is cauliflower that? puffs and cookies for and I'm like, <laughs> well, how is that fair? I'm I'm sitting here on the Mediterranean diet. It's gotta be eating genetic. Little, it's gotta be genetic. She also played sports when she was young. I think that's the secret. If if uh, if I had been well, yeah, but sports. you know what it means when you can play sports when you're young? You have great musculature, musculature. Musc Robin, musculature. That's... <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, anyway, um, speaking of the Ukraine, is it the Ukraine or Ukraine? I've heard it it's both Ukraine. Ways. It's Ukraine? Because I hear people go, the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, I hear that all the time. But the country is, it's not the Ukraine, it's Ukraine. There's no the yeah. on the map. I know, they go, <laughs> the Ukraine. Anyway, the, the, the war in Ukraine is horrible and depressing. And, but uh, thank God Oprah is there to give us her inspirational message. I got a laugh out of this. There's nothing what are you funny about, about Oprah's weighing in. I got, yeah, the guys gave me this. You know, I follow Oprah, everything she does, but, uh, she, she has this, uh, video posted to the Oprah Daily Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny to me. She asks for a moment of silence for Ukraine, but then she talks through the whole moment of silence. She didn't shut up. She's driving me crazy. I mean, and I don't know, moments of silence for Ukraine. I, it, I mean, I don't know. I think you want, we are you hear being it? silent. It's more than a moment. They're getting pounded. Yeah. You want to hear it? Sure. It's going to make you mental. I think it will make you mental. Maybe it won't. Maybe I'm <laughs> Maybe an asshole. Maybe it'll uplift me. Who knows? One of these right. days, Oprah's going to gonna do something for me. <laughs> and before we started our class today, I wanted to um, spend... So, so I heard this and I went, before we start before we class today... class today, what are we talking about here? When my kids were little, they used to play teacher and they'd have a class. Uh -huh. I think Oprah is now seeing herself as a teacher <laughs> before we have class today. Like, who's in this class? <laughs> I don't know. I, I said, do you have to pay for Oprah's moment of silence? I John told Hine. you I had gone on that site to get that diary for you. And yeah. there is something you can join. And she charges you a monthly fee to listen to this and get special messages from her and and watch her and gail be best friends with each other yeah well now she's professor oprah 
it's a weird thing because I'm listening to this and I'm like, what's the, I, I know that XM gave her 50 million to do a radio network or show and why then would she then go out and do a business? Well, and then there's a TV network with Oprah. Why wouldn't she go to her TV network and do all of this? Why is there an additional Well, she service? does some things. She does Man. a few things on her network. She has Super Soul Sunday. You've never caught that? No. <laughs> Where she interviews someone that she likes. Well, she's and, got more racket. Uh, yeah, they're all giving inspirational messages because it's Sunday. All right, here's your moment of silence. And before we started our class today, I wanted to um, spend just a moment in silence and reverence, thinking about the Ukrainian people, thinking about those images you just saw. Pick hmm. one, or maybe right. you've seen many in your own viewings this week. And hold. Hmm. Let me think, Oprah. Maybe I'll pick the image of the woman who had the baby and got blown up by the Russians. Okay, I got that. that person Did she show in images? I mean, I is she know. showing pictures? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. I'm just listening to the audio. You got to get your own images, Robin. <laughs> images are extra $50 if you want Oprah to provide them. Mine in your heart space for just a moment. Heart space. So, okay, we're building up to the moment of silence. While we sit here quietly and connect with... The person, the image, the people. Offer them your peace. Shh. Oprah, I'm doing my moment of silence. Like, when's the gonna, gonna get silent so we can do it? Give them what grace you have. Uh, excuse me, you said moment of silence. Show them a blessing in right. spirit. Mm -hmm. Let them feel the comfort of your love. <laughs> okay. Sure. So I guess we're all supposed to be silent, but Oprah can keep talking. Yeah, but take a but deep a moment. breath, everybody. Open your eyes if you close them, thank and you. let's move forward, holding the spirit of the Ukrainian people in our hearts. I thank you for that. Hey, look at that, Robin. The war's over now. Thank you, Oprah. Wow, it yeah. worked. It worked. Actually, Putin said he has no interest in the Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine anymore. So, uh, I guess technically there was a moment of silence in there. Um, but I a said, very brief moment. She couldn't spare a lot. <laughs> so I guess, um, I said to everyone, why does Oprah give away the moment of silence for free? Why isn't that part of the $50 package? They said, no, she puts that out on Instagram and that's like the commercial to get you enticed. Ah, to get now you're supposed to run over to class. Yeah. Yeah, after that <laughs> moment of silence, you go, fuck, I I'm missing out on everything. <laughs> I'm going to be late for class. And if you pay the 50, you get Oprah Daily Insiders get exclusive insider only content, unlimited access to a 10 year searchable digital archive of past issues of O Magazine. Nothing better than reading old news. The Oprah Magazine unlimited website content weekly newsletter, including special deals and discounts. One year of O quarterly, four all new premium print editions delivered right to your door. Wow. I think the, that's called the post office, but. Uh, that's a $63 value, according to Oprah. So you, right. you've already made your money back. Members only invitations to private Oprah and Gail video live streams. Which that's the one that? I say where you can watch them be best friends with each other. <laughs> yeah, which we were supposed <laughs> to get on the radio, but we saw how that went. Yeah. 
Two complimentary digital gifts. The power of connection and let it go. Oh, well. Anyway, I was disappointed in the moment of silence. I was trying to be silent for the people of Ukraine, but Oprah kept interrupting. And then I learned the real moment of silence is behind the paywall. That's where you get a, a full minute of actual <laughs> silence. Oh. If you sign up now, you get 50% off. It's only $25 a year. So I'm sure that makes the people who paid 50 very feel very good. Can they opt out and sign in again and get the 25 <laughs> For 75 bucks, you actually get a Polaroid of Oprah's bowel moments. So, pretty important stuff. She's always uh, with the extras. <laughs> yeah, extras, extras, extras. It's just a very strange. I think, you know, I've, I've actually, I'm proud of myself. I spent my entire career trying to not do shit like that to my audience. You know? And you think when you're a billionaire, you wouldn't do. Yeah. I guess like Oprah, in, in her defense, just feels really strongly that she's changing the world somehow. And but you have to pay for it. Like I'm yeah, saying, well, you know. Well, what do you want Oprah to do? What's pay the for deal? It? You want Oprah to pay for changing the world? She'd rather have you do it. <laughs> um, I was just reading that. What's the woman's name? Mackenzie. Uh, well, I'm just going to say her old name. Bezos. Oh, she's uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos' Bezos's ex, and uh, she just gave two hundred sixty-five million dollars to the Boys and Girls Club. Wow, that's and nice. you didn't have to pay her anything to hear. Anything. That's nice. Yeah, uh, we no, she's new- been giving away Jeff's money on a regular since they got divorced. It is weird that. Uh, I think John Stewart made the point that Jeff Bezos is flying into space, and uh, and then I think he gets like a write off of eight hundred fifty million dollars. I'll ask I'll ask John about that whole deal when he comes in. By the way, you know Pete Davidson was supposed to be on the next flight that Blue Origin ship that Will Bill Shatner went on. They had invited Pete Davidson to be a guest right. on the flight. And then they had to change the date because of uh, some technical difficulties or something. And uh, then they said, oh, Pete Davidson's not going to be on the flight. They've replaced him with somebody else. And I thought, is that because of the Kanye West, Kim Kardashian stuff? They don't want poor no, I think Pete, Pete on the flight. I think, I think Pete thought it through and he saw, oh, my God, they just had problems with the rocket ship. <laughs> and I'm fucking Kim Kardashian, who evidently must be the greatest lay on the planet, because all of a sudden he went, you know what? I want to live. <laughs> he, re- he he suddenly remembered that Kim Kardashian's vagina is on Earth. On and, Earth. Uh, you don't want to <laughs> move way too face. far. That's right. Pussy is awesome. Uh, Pussy is the greatest. Anyway, here's a phony phone call for fun. We made a prank call using Opes of uh, Drops of Oprah, my new song. Drops of I Oprah. like Drops of Oprah as a song. Yeah. Uh, Richard and Sal are their radio DJ characters, Jack and Rod, and we asked a nutritionist on as a guest to evalu- evaluate Oprah's diet. Here you go. It's Weight Loss Wednesday on the Jack and Rod Show. So please welcome nutritionist... 
Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. Pleasure to have you. Well, guys, I mean, obviously on the heels of where we just experienced in the world, health and fitness and wellness has never been more important. Well, we're uh, glad you know. brought up fitness and health because we actually have a celebrity diet expert here today. Oh. Hi. Do you recognize that voice? I do not. Say your name, ma'am. Oprah Winfrey. Please welcome Oprah Winfrey. Oh, whoa. Hey, guys, thank you so much. No problem. Oprah, my, my, my mom is going to be ecstatic that I'm talking to Oprah Winfrey. Thank Thanks you. so much for having me with her. Now, Oprah, I understand you count points to control your weight. So far today, I've had 17 points. 17 points? So it means I have now 13 points left. I get 30 a day. And it right. really depends on your weight, your size, right. whatever. What were those 13 points? Uh, what do you anticipate eating? Yogurt. Perfect. Oh, Jack, the food cart's here. Looks like it's lunchtime. I got to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat. So, sir, how about this? We're going to let Miss Winfrey order her lunch from the cart, and you yep. can analyze what she's eating okay. and how it helps her to maintain a healthy diet. Sure. Oprah, go ahead and order your lunch. I want some fries with lots of salt. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, listen, there's a million ways to make fries. If they were air fried or baked, it's probably a little bit better if they're, if they're soaked in grease. And you know I love me some potatoes. Uh, she's probably using a little bit more than 13 points on the fries alone, but once again, I'm not sure how that, that, that point system would work. I love margaritas. Uh, oh, I guess this is a liquid lunch. Yeah, I'd probably stay away from the margarita. Um, Oprah, do they have bottles of water? No, thank you. It might be a little bit better on the points that you're allowed. Uh, hey, Oprah, what do you want for dessert? I just love chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, yeah, we definitely went overboard there. I would probably say don't do that. Oh, my God. Um, I'd, I'd probably just enjoy the baked fries and uh, the bottle of water. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Please excuse me for just a minute. Mm. I'm not really sure she's sending the right message. Oh, I'm um, sorry, but it looks like Miss Winfrey just ran to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that, knew that was coming. Can somebody remove her microphone, please? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm overcome by the smells. The things you put in your body is, in essence, what's going to come out. So, what a wallapalooza. This is a little frustrating to the degree that um, I'm not really sure I want to continue. Uh, I am so thoroughly disgusted with myself. All right, guys, I think I'm going to cut this out, okay? Uh, Jack Rod, thanks for your time. Oprah, good luck with that. Oh, how beautiful. Wow, girl. <laughs> wow. Wow. Isn't that something? Amazing. Um, yes. Let me, let me, um, before John comes in, I do want to get to, uh, the fan feedback. There was quite an avalanche of mail about high pitch Eric and Debbie the cum lady. Yes. What did people um, have to say? Um, on Monday's show, of course, you, we, we had the super blow epic. We learned high pitch Eric was able to get hard and unable to come for Debbie the cum lady. The listeners had a strong reaction to this segment. The super blow coverage, Howard, on Monday was the best. It was an entirely, predictable outcome but hilarious the fact that high pitch mentally broke debbie is just amazing <laughs> and yes maybe his greatest accomplishment <laughs> the most unsexy sound in the world is high pitch getting a blowjob so gross i'm shocked debbie couldn't get him off and i'm shocked she said he doesn't smell down there well later on she did say he did yeah um the yeah. truth came out 
Howard, I couldn't think of a more tremendous way to return from a two-week hiatus than hearing about High Pitch Eric and Debbie the Come Ladies' cumless blowjob escapade. Howard, you really know how to come back with a bang. Okay. Uh, many fans sent in their theories why Eric shouldn't come or couldn't come. Some think Eric is uh, gay. Howard, I'm a straight man. I could easily tell that High Pitch is gay. Stop wasting our time and get back to discussing The Bachelor. Um, next time, just show Eric gay porn on the screen while he's getting blown by her and it'll explode like a volcano. And then some people suggested that medications were possibly the cause for Eric. Blood pressure meds like statins prevent you from being able to orgasm. I used to have huge loads, but after going on three blood pressure meds, I can't orgasm anymore. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think uh, probably being so unhealthy... That you require three different blood pressure medications might also keep you from. Yeah, you probably weren't doing much before they they put you on those meds. Uh, on top of relentless blowing him, Debbie paid for the hotel and dinner every night. Eric was in Florida. One fan thinks that Eric's inability to come adds insult to injury for getting a free ride. Yeah. Eric never Eric never intended to actually come for Debbie. He saw this as an all-expense-paid trip to Florida on Debbie's dime. Wow. This is very uh, Alex Jones conspiracy theory type stuff. Just the fact that he didn't offer to pay for anything while he was down there, didn't give Debbie a gift, or didn't even say thank you, proves that Eric believes that the world owes him whatever he wants. I feel bad for Debbie for being swindled by this fat, sloppy, job of the hut bastard. It's almost like Eric endured her licking his penis so he could get this free vacation. Marianne from Brooklyn received an avalanche of negative feedback from fans for blaming Debbie for Eric's inability to orgasm. Marianne is way off in her assessment. Debbie went above and beyond <laughs> just by agreeing to blow Eric. The vile steps above a simple blowjob that she did or was willing to do is Nobel Prize worthy. Debbie is a queen of queens. Marianne from Brooklyn is dumb, this listener says. High oh. pitch is gay. You stupid enabling piece of shit. Stop calling until you pull your head out of your ass. Very angry uh, for lovely Marianne. Yeah. I can't believe the audacity of Marianne from Brooklyn. Debbie paid for the hotel and all the dinners. Meanwhile, Eric was watching baseball and doing cameos while Debbie was blowing him. <laughs> Debbie sounds like a saint and Marianne wants Debbie to bathe him. What world are you living in, Marianne? You're out of line for this one. Shame. And finally... 77% of wrap-up show listeners said in a poll, there's no chance Debbie will give High Pitch another chance to come. Really? They don't think she's coming in October? Yep. That's what they think. Many people wrote in about my new minimalism shtick, and they like it. Howard, it's so freeing to have more space. And know that our death won't cause chaos amongst our kids, and donating a bunch of stuff is very liberating. Keep at it. And uh, we heard from Rooster again. Rooster, remember him? Oh, yeah? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The fans particularly love what he and John Hine discuss fast food. <laughs> Can you take Rooster's expertise seriously if he hates Chick-fil-A but likes McDonald's? Chick-fil-A is such a cleaner choice. There are cleaner? not lines out cleaner there are not lines out the door of that place during lunchtime every day for no reason john high knows that chick-fil-a is the bomb hmm. 
Has Rooster or John Hine ever eaten a good meal at a nice restaurant to compare to the excessive fast food that they seem to consume? To me, fast food is something you get when you're in a rush or there are no other options. They talk about this stuff like it's exquisite cuisine from John George. Well, we well, I can, can tell you that we took John to John George. Remember? And he, and he was not a happy camper. <laughs> I took a... Yeah, right. What was the occasion? Was it your birthday? It was my birthday. And I, I took everyone to John George. And I included John Hine in that group. And uh, hit him with that. It was like we were, we were torturing him. Yeah. He was like, oh, more vegetables. Oh, and, <laughs> and I think he actually, I think he went to McDonald's afterwards or before. I'm or not before. Sure. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. It wasn't torture. Just watching all of you stare at me the entire time <laughs> as each course was being served. I was yeah, like an animal like, in a zoo. It really, you really did not enjoy it. Yeah, you but don't he understand. was trying to order. Remember, he it was like he didn't know what anything was because he's never seen real food before. John Hine and Rooster are fascinating together. I have never heard two individuals with such detailed opinions on all things fast food. You should team them up for an updated fast food show on Howard 101. There you go. So, uh, yeah, the fans reacting, loving it. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to squeeze in the uh, anniversary of, uh, believe it or not, I'll have to do this tomorrow, I think. Because uh, I know John Stewart has a small window of time, and mm. I want to make sure I get to him. But there are a couple of things going on, including that squeal from my headphones. Um, number one, Eric, the actor, I did want to mention that I will do a tribute to the fact that this is the blah, blah, blah. How many years? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And what is the anniversary? It's the anniversary. I'm trying to count the years. This is, remember when Eric the actor called in and ordered a hit on uh, yes. one of the listeners? Yes. I think it's the 15th anniversary of that call. Can you believe that? Wow. 15 years have gone by. I'm going to do a celebration of that. Yeah, that's a great also, moment in Stern Show history. And Jeff the Drunk had another tantrum right before we went on that two-week vacation that he uh, wants to quit the uh, quit the show again. He's very Look, upset with me. In order to quit the show, you don't have to inform us. Just quit. Right. But there's always a big build-up. I wonder if I have time. <laughs> He'll do anything for attention. All right. I'll do it real quick before I get to Jon Stewart. Um, I, I guess you could say if, if you were going to present this in some coherent form that Jeff the Drunk is our most entitled whack packer. <laughs> he's uh, been calling the show for years. I don't even know how many years, but in the last decade or so, he's become extremely needy and whiny about quitting the show. And giving less content. That's the best part. Um. Anyway, the cycle is always repeated. He calls in with a very lame question, and sometimes I get to it, sometimes I don't. And if I don't pick up because his topic is boring, he gets frustrated and he quits the show. So a few weeks ago, and you've heard this a million times, but it happened again. A few weeks ago, Jeff announced on Twitter he was quitting the show yet again because I wasn't taking his calls. Here is, here is what happened. Well, fuck him. I guess you don't want to take my call anymore. Hasta la vista. It's been real. Fuck you. Fuck Howard. 
He wants to be that way, fucking mm. dick. I guess they don't kiss his ass like Marianne and High Pitch and Bobo. Obviously, they don't appreciate me anymore. Fuck you, asshole. Well. Can't have you out all the time. He never has me on. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. So if you've now, heard that is before. That, like, that was on Twitter? That was he... on Twitter. Okay. Yep. 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 So, of course, we heard this, and Chris Wilding followed up while we were on vacation, and then he called Jeff to see if he was really quitting the show, because that's always a fun call to hear, you know, Jeff. (laughs) And Chris also wanted to know why Jeff had blocked him on Twitter, and Jeff was still on full meltdown mode. I mean, uh, very upset. He hadn't calmed down at all. Hmm. So, Jeff, have you quit the show or not? No, I'm not quitting the show. I just feel that the show gave up on me. Why do you feel that way, Jeff? Aaron, don't take my fucking calls. And I'm sick and tired of just sitting on hold all fucking day. Why'd you block me on Twitter? What did I do? You don't need Twitter to talk to me, obviously. No, but it was a good way to communicate if you had a thought. You could get me quicker. Yeah, and I tell you, and what? Nothing would ever come of it, of me telling you. That's not you true, Jeff. Anything. And he'll still not take my calls. Ha ah, Well, why don't Jeff. you try calling in? Fuck Jeff. Ha ah, Everyone's Jeff. laugh at him. Can I ask Fuck you a question? Jeff. Can I ask you? <laughs> so uh, Chris let Jeff cool down, and he called him back. And then Jeff revealed finally when he calmed down that he's upset about his financial situation, which is another part Uh, of the pattern. I see. He generates a lot of his income recording personalized messages for fans on Cameo, but business dries up when he doesn't get on the air. Uh, He's back on SSI, and they're not paying him as much as they used to because of his new income, so here he is. I'm in dire straits. How so? You know, I've been trying to get my social security back. And so, um, I got, I got my check this month and it was for like $535. What the fuck is that? Well, they are, but so they're, they are paying you though. Yeah, but 535. I was used to getting at least close to a thousand. Well, why is it lower? I don't fucking know. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely call Chris because he'll have the answer. Yeah, Chris knows. It's lose-lose with Jeff Howard because if I call him half the time, he has nothing to say. And then if I don't call him, I start getting complaints from either him or Marianne that I'm not calling him enough. And then if you don't pick up on him, things get really bad because then I get very belligerent messages on Twitter saying, fuck you, you're leading me on, why won't Howard take my phone calls? But at the same time, he's quit the show, so I I don't know what the solution is with Jeff. You know, I only have so much bandwidth, and and I try to check in with him when I can, but, you know, he ultimately doesn't give us that much to work with either. I'm glad you're on mic about this, because I thought things got really strange, and I'm not even sure I understand. So, like, after Chris spoke to Jeff, less than an hour later... Jeff posted a video on Instagram that sounded a lot like an infomercial. (laughs) And I don't even understand. Just listen to this, and then, Chris, maybe you can explain it. 
Yeah. This was on, this after Chris spoke to him. This is what he heard on Jeff's Instagram. <laughs> hey guys, I recently invested three thousand dollars for Julia FX, and I got back thirty thousand. I was quite skeptical at first, but a close friend suggested I do so and try it out. Jeff, the influencer. What was going wow. on there? I was quite skeptical at first. It sounds like he's um, reading from a script. What is he up yeah, to? Yeah, well, he is. He is. So here's what happened. Um, there's an, I read an article about Vice, uh, uh, in Vice about this. And basically, these people, they hack into your account. And in order to get your account back, they force you to make a video reading something they send you. And then, of course, they keep you locked out of your account and they post the video on your Instagram as if you were encouraging. Oh, so and Jeff now. Well, if you go on Jeff's Instagram now, which he no longer has access to, according to him, there's pictures of a Mercedes he apparently bought. There's a picture wow. of a new house he apparently owns. And sadly, he's not well, not really him, but whoever controls his account now is DMing other people and they'll be forced <laughs> to make videos. It's like, it's like a it's like a zombie bite. Like it just oh, so in other words, they hacked his Instagram account. They yeah. they blackmailed him into recording that message we just heard. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking at this. It says, Jeff the drunk just got this new Mercedes, y'all. It's all <laughs> thanks to Bitcoin mining. Oh my god! <laughs> they are really um, using him. Here's, yeah, and yeah. Here's they Jeff. really go after dumb people because if you know anything about Jeff, you know he probably doesn't have a Mercedes. You know. <laughs> Chris called Jeff. He doesn't to get have thirty thousand either, and he didn't have thirty thousand to invest. Chris called Jeff to get to the bottom of this. Jeff claimed he was hacked by Bitcoin. Here you go. Bitcoin hacked my account. What do you mean, Bitcoin hacked your account? How did that happen? One of my friends contacted me to say, "Hey, Jeff, Bitcoin gave me fifteen hundred dollars. I figured you could use it." So why don't you make a video saying that you got that you joined Bitcoin and you made a lot of money? So I made the video. And as soon as I made the video, bam, my account was hacked. And have you have no. you contacted Instagram? Have you tried to get your account back? I'm fucking. Just, I can't get. <laughs> I can't get over that one. I don't have access. Okay. Wow. So if you believe, if, if he's to be believed, they didn't even have to work that hard for him. He right. made the video willingly and then they locked him out, <laughs> which is even worse. But it oh was the friend's God. Instagram well, message to him. Th the friend had been hacked already. He wasn't. Right. That's what I'm friend. saying. Was, the friend yeah. was a hack. And Jeff yeah. then probably responded somewhere it's, it's, in that one, Robin, and then he a, was now hacked. It's a human centipede of stupid. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to... Next time Jeff the drunk calls in, I'm going to take that call and get to the bottom. He's of not on the line? Um, oh, he is. But I, John Stewart's here, too, so I want to okay. talk to him. I'll tell you what. Well, the other thing that's really wonderful about it is he says Bitcoin hacked him. <laughs> like, yeah. Bitcoin's I a hack. My Bitcoin... <laughs> oh, if Jeff, you don't take his call, bit, I am going to get in Jeff, so much bit, trouble. Hello, Jeff. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not a person. Well, 
Hello. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold because I, I no. got to talk to John Stewart. We're, we're up against the wall here. He's got okay, to do time okay. on. But um, I'll tell you what. I got to have a um, break. So let me celebrate by playing a phony phone call into the break. Um, I'm just looking at the time here. But it is worth doing this. This is the one where Jeff, we, we called the political show and Jeff quit the show. Uh-huh. You remember this one? It was like two <laughs> yeah. years old, but it's a good one. It's good. It, it, it kind of puts a nice capper on this whole thing. Here's Jeff quitting somebody else's show. I want to know what's on your mind. Really honestly know what's on your mind. What you thinking about today? 973, you're live on the air. What you got to say? Fuck you. Oh. I'm never calling the show again. Why would you not call the show again? You treat me like a fucking piece of fucking shit. I what do you mean? Wait, I did something really terrible to you? I'm fucking embarrassing the fuck out of me. We're not here to embarrass nobody, including you, sir. After all the years, I've provided fucking content for your fucking ass. What do you mean years of years of content? What are you talking about? You've been calling the show for a year? As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to take like until next year off. You know how much money you just cost me? Zero. Fuck you! <laughs> wow, I think I just lost a listener. Well, well man, you know, uh, there's a full moon out, Ben, it is after midnight, so... Go 337 ahead, area code, you are live on the Ace of Space radio show. Fuck off! Uh-oh. I'm never calling the show again. So, so why do you keep calling the show? No, I'm not calling it to the fucking show. You've called the show six times tonight, and you're talking about you're never calling the show. Who fucking cares? Don't call the show. After all the years, I've provided fucking content. I don't your care. I don't your so-called content. You don't provide any content. You treat me like a fucking piece of fucking My shit. My show does not benefit from your presence. Fuck you hard like a teacher. You, you suck, dude. Listen. Listen. Scream in a fucking closet. You're on mute. You do not provide any content to this show. I don't know you. We, we never met. You drunk. You're drunk. You're easy prey. This is what the fuck we do in Brooklyn. We rob drunks, you stupid asshole. That's sad, man, to get a color like that. Sad. It is sad. I don't know who invented the button-down fly, but, man, I'm thinking of throwing out all my jeans. I was just, I just took a little bathroom break before talking to John Stewart, and I was unbuttoning and buttoning for a good one minute, which I don't Do have. Do you ever rush- miss that one and then it's all askew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the dumbest fucking thing in this day and age. A zipper, a zipper. That's why I just yeah, want to say. That yes, they've already starting, fixed this problem. If you're starting a clothing line, I guarantee you, John Stewart has a zipper and not buttoned down. I guarantee <laughs> any idiot who gets buttoned down, like I did. I bought many jeans with button down. I want to throw them out. Anyway, John Stewart is the host of the problem with John Stewart. Yep, John's back on the air. Apple TV Plus. And you can hear John on Pandora's Comedy Icons Radio, of course. There he is. Look at him. Handsome guy. He's got the nice new glasses. That's a new look for you. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they come from Rite Aid. They help me see. They help me yeah. see uh, <laughs> things up, up close. You can get them in uh, 2, 225, 250. I'm all the way up at the top of the... You know when you're going to Acme or Rite Aid? 
and the glasses are there for reading. I started out on that low one, like two. I'm already up where I almost can't reach them. Like, are you? Three. Yeah. Are you a man who? Um, yes. You are a man. All right. yes. <laughs> Good. No. Are you? Are you a guy yeah. who um, never had to wear gl- what? You're now like what? Sixty? Sixty years I'm, old? It's hard to. It's almost, hard to believe. I'm Fifty nine. It's hard. It's. It's yeah. Fucking. Yeah, it's, I can't imagine what that's Jesus like. Christ. I can't imagine. Yeah, well, yes, so you can. Old. You can't. You can't even <laughs> use your button fly. You know exactly what this is like. Do you, you have? Be, you should be wearing just just string loose, fucking sweatpants like a normal sixty something year old. What are you doing with button flies? For God's sakes! You know what? Why would you have a degree of difficulty that high at our advanced age? Have you ever had button down fly? Have you ever had it? Yeah. Let me I tell you never, something. Right. I'm not making a joke. I bought these pants. Mm-hmm. They're John Barbados pants. He has flies and button down. The button down fit me so nicely. I said, what's the big deal? I'll get button down. No. And I got them. You made it. It did a terrible mistake. It was a terrible mistake. And, and I should have just bought the fly, the regular zipper. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was rushing to get back here to interview you. And I'm peeing and I'm like trying to button these buttons. And I, no. I gave up. I only buttoned one of them. So my, Let my, me tell you something. We are at the age... <laughs> Where the only appropriate uh, pantaloon has elastic. That's it. It's just elastic. <laughs> you you can how, pull them out a little bit, pull them up. That's it. How are you doing with your body at this age? Because now uh, I, I'm a I, fucking I, machine. Look at this shit. <laughs> oh, you look good. You actually Come do on. look good. You actually I, do look good. I feel do you. Do you um? <laughs> do you work out? I mean, I work out, but I work out as a 60-year-old man. Like, when people say, like, do you work out? I do those things that, like, Jane Fonda would be like, that's all you're doing? Like, right. it's, it's I, I work out like you do when you see those articles as you're scrolling the web that are like, after 60, how to maintain your balance. Like, make <laughs> sure that you can stand up without a railing. So I, I do shit like that, but I don't, uh, I, I don't work out like I did, like, like when I was a, a person of, uh, hey, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I was doing an interview somewhere and, and we were talking about content. And someone said to me, has time passed you by? And that was their question. And, uh, and I said, uh, yes, yes, it has. That's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's time's job. That's time is, that's what time does. Time marches on, time passes you by. But the thing that they don't tell you, because getting older is humbling. And I think you, you, you know this. No, I know it. The other day, this was the part I was masturbating, and I had to get my reading glasses. Yep, nothing that's, worse. That's humiliating. That oh when you can't God. see what you're, and you're like, why would I masturbate to two people fixing a car? And then you're like, oh wait, <laughs> hold on. Oh yeah, that's what I'm looking for. That's nice. That's I'm so bringing, glad. That's bringing the joy, but it's fucking humbling, isn't it? I'm so glad you said that because uh, yeah. I I find myself in the, have you gotten to the point yet where you go to masturbate and then you know you're mm-hmm. looking I, what do you masturbate with your iPhone like do you look at you porn sure. on uh, do you use you porn I'm not listen I'm not a luddite I I of course you masturbate on 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 the iPhone right uh, th- that's the way I do it the interesting thing to me now is I masturbate to uh just images in my head 
of when I was actually younger. That's that's what I'm after. <laughs> well, wait, wait, I'm, that's I'm the curious. only thing that excites me anymore. I would like to do a deep dive on this because I'm really, <laughs> I, I love your honesty because. No, come on. I, um, and yeah. I know what you mean about wearing your glasses. The other day, I didn't have my glasses with me and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. straining to see, and I masturbated to a man. This is the first time in my life. I didn't, I thought it was a woman. It was just an out of shape guy. So I, I know what you're talking about. Sure. But, 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 but I'm really curious about this and, and I don't get to talk mm-hmm. to other guys near my age. I'm, I'm considerably older than you but the, 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 when you're you're masturbating do mm-hmm. you first of all do you get nervous that you're john stewart and you go shit that little camera can somebody see me do you cover no. i cover it with a tissue so i generally and this is something that we should talk about um i'll generally masturbate in private so yeah no, no i don't course. i don't worry about that i don't so i don't think to myself like oh my god i'm john stewart why am i doing this on a bus stop you know i no, I, generally I don't do mean that you're oh. missing my point. I'm nervous oh, okay. that they, that there's some technology where someone can record me, see me through the little camera thing on the iPhone, so I, I cover it with hours. a tissue. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, and I mean no disrespect. If I'm manning whatever camera it is that you're talking about, if I'm in the control room and I'm checking <laughs> things out, and I come by an old man jerking off, I'm moving on. No. I, 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 I don't think you have anything to worry about. The iPhone has a camera. The iPhone has a little... I mean, there's people who can hack. They can hack in. They can hack in. Who's who's typing in old man jerking off? Who's going to be watching that? Why would they be doing that? It's the Zoom camera. What if somebody sees you? You know what I mean? I mean, who knows if Tim Cook has an archive of famous people (laughs) masturbating? That that's his secret plot to get us all. You don't know. It's like a Scientology thing. They got to keep these tapes archived. And then when they need something from you, they come to you and, and they say that that's an interesting one. And I'm a relatively paranoid individual, but I, I had not, I had not considered that, but, and this may be something even for dexterity. Uh, from now on, I will keep my thumb on that while I'm, while I'm doing that. Or, or put a tissue over it. I, you should see me balancing. But but how, also, how do you put a tissue over? it? I'm just curious because that. Well, I I balance the. I have a little case for my iPhone. Here it is. Oh, you have and like a whole setup. Then. I have a okay. setup, and it's like this. And then oh, I go, let me balance right. a tissue over the little micro, the okay. little uh, I didn't camera. That. I didn't have realize you ex- that you had all the accoutrements of that. I'm <laughs> I'm basically like I'm improv improv uh, uh, improving it. Like I'm just holding it. Do you do know. you have a specific type of pornography that you watch and this disgust you in the yes. sense that you're such yes. an intellectual and I love your brain yeah. and I love the way you think and you're a high minded guy and you care mm, about the no world question. and you care and your new show is great. I'll, we'll get to that. But but um, mm. mm-hmm. do, 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 like I find myself watching um um stepmoms fucking their sons and this is not a fantasy of mine i mean i like i don't want to be a dad fucking my stepdaughter but i do enjoy seeing it you you know Mm. what i'm saying yeah i mean i don't i don't really go for genres like that i don't i don't go for plot yeah i'm not a plot guy i am are you like you like to make sure you want to know the character's motivation let me get this straight this is your new stepmom. Oh, this is interesting. Now I see this scene is motivated. You know, in the old days, by the way, like it used to be, uh, the, the p- porn was based on services. Guy would order a pizza, uh, woman would order a pizza, <laughs> a person would show up and do that. But now there's a whole genre of it where it's just like incredibly mean to the, yeah. like they choke or punch. And, and I'm just like, I'm out. Like that, right. whenever it it gets to this point where it's like, why why would you do that to someone? That's that's not exciting. That's like I, I would like to call the police. 
I saw a guy tie a woman up and it was spanking her vagina. And I was like, that's painful. I don't think she's enjoying that. I didn't like no, that. It, 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 no, that's the kind of thing that I'll scroll by. But when you ask me what kind of porn that I would, that I would use, I would say, uh, the free kind. I like the free kind. The kind. Will you say uh, to your wife, but I, of mind. course, like you porn, you go, I, that's where I go. I don't know where, is that where you go? You porn? Uh, again, I don't have brand loyalty. I say, uh, interesting. Most guys I'll, our age I'll, do. No, no, no. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I, I shift around. You know, I still consider myself a, you know, a consumer who could be captured. That's that's what I'm saying. I want to make myself a more viable consumer. So you, you take are, whatever's on the feed, or you know, just uh, Robin. That's right. I here's the thing. Why not let the curators at <laughs> Google or whatever do their job? Uh, let me trust the algorithm to know what I'll like more than. Uh, a brand loyalty, Howard. You have to keep an open mind as you get older, and it's. But you're important. a guy. You know, this mm. is a good point. You yeah. know, when I watched your piece mm. on the news media or mm. gun control and all this stuff, mm. in a way, maybe John Stewart shouldn't be watching porn because it's an industry that does. You know, some say um, uh, the way it treats women. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe it's too much of a conflict for a guy of your high moral value. Right. Don't don't participate in, in, in industry. Now, here's the unfortunate part about that. Yeah. There <laughs> is almost no exploitative industries left. I don't know that there ever were. It was like, do you remember when uh, Frances Haugen, she, she went in and she was testifying about Facebook uh, to Congress. She was a whistleblower in Congress. And she said, uh, you know, in, very, in a very solemn way, Facebook puts profits over people <laughs> and, and, and i was sitting there like oh that's i think that's called capitalism i don't think that's i don't think that's facebook wait wait till she finds out what pepsi's doing like that's right it's the kind of shit where you're like yeah harm is kind of the model uh, for yeah. a lot of these things there's there's no industry that's not exploitative in some in some manner but i also believe uh that sex work is there are people look sex trafficking sex trafficking should be stopped against the law. But there are people who do sex work and it's of their own free will. It's, it's of their own volition. Who am I to, to tell them that that's something that uh, they shouldn't? Yeah. You know, cause you made the point when I, I'm watching the new show. I got a lot of questions about this new show and how it all came about, mm. but um, I'm watching the new show and you know, you hit onto a really good thing. Um, John's new show happens once a week. At first gotcha. it started out. It was every other week. And now you're doing it every week. Well, we so we we only made eight of them. We we made four, and then we made four. The first time we made four, they were like, "Well, it's only four of them. Let's do it every other week, so that people think it's you know, it'll it'll last over like a, a two month period." And uh, but then no shows ever released every other week. So we said, "Okay, for the next four, we'll just release them week to week to week." But it's only it's still only four. I think next season they're going to boost it up. Uh, they're going to make it six. Because it's really an intense show. I mean, it's a it's a it's, yeah, it's a intense. show where it's a lot of running around. Well, there's a there's a, there's a lot of research and things that go into it because you're not only being funny, you're trying to educate people, and then you really got me thinking. I thought the episode was great with Bob Iger, the the former media. head of the yeah about media. I thought it was really good. You got me thinking. You know, you talk about news, the whole mm-hmm. news industry, and uh, look. Like you said about um, uh, about any company, Facebook, they all have to make a profit. 
the news mm-hmm. division, uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, mm-hmm. they all have to make a profit in order to support this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you bring up the good point. How do you get real news if these guys are in the business of having to get ratings? Because they're not necessarily covering the most important stories. They're not necessarily covering stories in a, in a, in a way that really informs people. They're doing it to keep you hooked. And that's not that's right. news. It's good. It was great. I, I really the, enjoyed it. The urgency of it. You know what was interesting about that, Art? Uh, so we, we tried very hard to get a person who runs a news division now to come on the show to speak publicly. They all turned us down. Now, these are people that run news organizations, people that their business model relies on access and transparency. Their whole uh, reason for being is what do they say? Democracy dies in darkness. You know, it's all about transparency and the powerful must be held to account. And when you ask them to defend their product and their business model, and we even did Zoom calls with a couple of them to explain to them what we were trying to do, uh, what we wanted to talk about. And they'd all say, oh, it's an interesting time. It's very, mm-hmm. you know, let me run it up the chain. I believe run it up the chain was the phrase they used. I don't know. I don't know where that chain ends, but I'm sure it's up somebody's ass. But, uh, none of them would appear. So we had, the, uh, listen, I, I was excited. Isn't that, Bob Iger. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. That. When you really, you know, uh, I'm saying my audience. Cra- it's not amazing. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's crazy fucking crazy that someone that runs a news organization that goes to like people's houses when like their kid has died to knock on the door and go, Hey, how's that feel? Come out and talk to us. They make it so that you owe them access. And yet when you want to put them on camera to talk about the business model that you think is exploitative, uh, it's unbelievable. That's why I liked I your show. Up. It's really kind of cool because it, it, it does get you thinking that not one television news guy mm. would come on and defend the product at television news. They didn't want you asking the essential question. How much of these stories are really generated because you have to please the audience as right. opposed to that you really care about these things? And and how do you even... It's unbelievable. It's crazy. The, the, it's the one industry that should have said, we will answer any of your questions that's anytime. Right. That's, that's right. That's my point is, you know, if, if you work in an industry where the the reason for being is to uh, find out the truth and to illuminate the dark corners and to expose corruption, and yet you yourself will not come on and allow that same scrutiny to be applied to you. That's fucking, why it's crazy. That's why this guy you interviewed, Bob Iger, who I do know. I know oh, him personally. Okay. He's very handsome. Handsome guy. Yeah. Uh, lovely guy. He ran Disney for, you know, 100 years, did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd be a good presidential candidate. I think the guy would make a good president. Now, I'm basing that on the fact that he ran mm-hmm. that company really well, and I think in right. an honest kind of way, and was very bright. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Did you, did you ever ask him that when you were interviewing him? Was he? I didn't ask him about running for president. I, I asked him if he would run a news organization, uh, if he would create a new model uh, for a twenty-four hour news organization. I agree. He's a very impressive guy, uh, but you know, I also think when you are steeped in a kind of corporate hierarchy, you're also they all speak in a very similar way. That's protective of 
a kind of anodyne bottom line. Like they don't, they don't ever like to, they're not bomb throwers. Everything is very calculated through that. Uh, I think the mirror and the lens of all the different parties and how they would react to something, you know, how would my shareholders react to this? How would the stakeholders react to this? How would uh, the public react to this? And you see now Disney got themselves in a giant mess with the Florida don't say uh, gay bill and not coming out strongly against it. And it's created a whole uh, firestorm. This is the company yeah. that Iger did run, but not now. But Iger, I think, is really good about calculating. And when you talk to when you talk to CEOs, you can really feel the calculation. You can right. feel in their mind they're calibrating what they're saying against what different constituencies will have a reaction to. And yeah, so sometimes was, it can be very off-putting, but he, he wasn't like that. No, I thought I didn't, I didn't feel the calculation. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done enough yeah. interviews to know when someone is thinking what do people want to hear as opposed to what they really right. feel. Right. Uh, but I thought he was particularly interesting on your show. Oh, Talk I thought to me, so, what, so you were in retirement pretty much. I mean, you were not working. You know, you quit the Daily Show and, and you yeah. went off on the farm and all that. And, and suddenly you decide, hey, I want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. When you decide you want to go back to work and you end up on Apple TV Plus, is Apple the only company you went to? Because, you know, it's weird for you. You're, you're trying to expose mm-hmm. certain truths. You know, you want to be funny, but you also want to be informative and you want to be kind of right on. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's intense kind of programming. Why did you choose Apple? tv or or were they the only outlet available to let you do your thing um i really like so on my phone uh i was watching porn and i was like who makes the thing that that's on and right. then when i when i found that out i was like i gotta work for those guys because this is fucking amazing hey wait a second getting back to porn i realize <laughs> we dropped the subject <laughs> Have you experienced you wanted yet? to go back there, John? No, I, I didn't want to go back there. You went back there. It was a there. callback, uh, Howard. I was going with a callback. I know, a professional but, loop. That's all I got, was doing. Have you had this experience yet? Yeah. Uh, where you are, 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 you say you just, you make the decision, you want to masturbate to porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you know, you give up in, in, in the middle of it. Like you're kind of like, you know what? Uh, nothing's happening here. I mean, it's hard, you lose but nothing. Steam. You lose steam, right? Have you experienced yeah. that yet? Yeah, Howard, you know, it's important it's horrible. in relationships to keep it fresh with yourself. And that's why sometimes <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come up with a special outfit or some music that I know I like, you know. I know. And uh, I I'll know. really, you, you got to set the scene because here's the thing, Howard. You can't take yourself for granted. You really have to demonstrate to yourself because otherwise, you know, you have to value yourself in that way. John, does your yeah. wife... Mm-hmm. ever get offended that you masturbate or do you lie to her and say right. that you don't it doesn't come up a lot right you know what i mean so that yeah. it, it don't it, it will obviously now but uh <laughs> generally it's it's not something that that we talk about a lot and i'm probably uh in some ways exaggerating uh the amount of it because well, can it take I, you out of your can it take you out of your marriage, John? That's what I'm asking. In other words, is no. it important to say it does no. not take you out of your marriage? In other no. words, I see. No. I see. I've been married for 
22 years. It doesn't take me. I mean, that's your, your favorite person in the world. Like it's not, you know, at this point in your life too, like it, that's not the thing that, that keeps the whole thing going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not I know, like, but did you, did you cheat on me with you? Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, that, that's not how it works. I mean, it's, it's, it's generally like just, uh, you know, you become a, it's, it's everything that happens to you. You, that other person is your filter, is your immune system, is your support system, is your, uh, entertainment. I mean, especially during the pandemic. I mean, it's just, it's, you become that much closer because everything in your life is filtered through that other person's intellect and, you know, humor and everything else because you're, there's, and, and that was, is actually kind of a lovely thing to see is you think like, well, if I were trapped in isolation with someone, boy, that's, that's a lot of pressure. And that's, there's an intensity to that, that if, it would it could really expose the cracks or fissures in in a relationship and the opposite it was more like oh right you're my favorite fucking person in the world like yes. that's exciting that's yeah. the real test of marriage this pandemic i i found i love my wife more in right. the pandemic because i'm enjoying being i it's almost like i don't miss anyone else cuz i enjoy being with her right that's right and and you and i tend to be reclusive in the best of times. Yeah. So in, in those times, you have a tendency, I actually need her sometimes, and she's really good at this because she's more social, to pull me out of that uh, sort of hermetically sealed environment that I am more comfortable in. So she's able to, to challenge me in that a little bit more. Yeah, I was surprised you actually came out of that hermetically sealed environment to go back to work. I mean, I... Well, I, I was, was working pretty- the whole time. I just wasn't on television. I did, you know... I was doing some stand up and, and doing, I, I really enjoy the process of working. I always have. So, um, I never, even in retirement, it was more like, I just didn't want to commute. I wanted to spend time at home with the kids while they were getting older. You know, my daughter now is 16. My son is 17. They're going to be gone a couple of years to college. Like, you know, you, you want to take that. You can't get that back. You know, I remember, uh, I read something about you where your kids were like, Dad, why can't you do a show more like mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres, where we could just like hang out with cool celebrities and stuff? That's right. Yeah. Why do you got well, to be they, so were, they were also like eight at the time. <laughs> yeah. Now, now my daughter, like, I'll come yeah. downstairs and my daughter will be watching John Oliver, and I'll be like, "What are you doing there?" And she's like, "It's just a really interesting treatise <laughs> on how uh, you know repossession industry is corrupt within the." And I'm like, "Holy shit, Oliver is raising my children." This is awesome. Yeah. Did, did you find cool. yourself getting um, envious of those guys when you would watch John Oliver or, you know, you know, no, 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 my brother. No, you weren't. No, you weren't like, oh, shit, I want to get back into the mix. I want to. No, 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 no. Those, those guys are doing, you know, I, I love what they do. So it doesn't, you know, and I love those guys. Like, that's the other thing that, that you remember is like Oliver, Steve, you know, they are, we, we had so much fun working together. And I don't, I don't have like regret or envy or any of those things because I'm astonished at how well shit's worked out for me. So, and, and I never had that sense of that someone else's success was to the detriment of mine. I, I, I always 
I think it's, it leads to such bitterness when you, yeah. when you look at the world as finite and you resource guard it, it leads to such bitterness and it's destructive as an emotion. And I've always yeah. felt that you should, everybody's success expands opportunity for you or for anybody. Like your success, you created a genre of radio that expanded the success of everybody, but other people's success in that would not have come to the detriment of you. Nobody, nobody's yeah. career has anything to do with you. I used to think it did. I don't anymore. Oh, really? But yeah, yeah, I was really filled with a lot of hate and a lot of viciousness because I felt like no one's entitled to be on the radio but me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was insane. Was Can I insane... tell you what's crazy about that? So when I first started coming on your show, it was scary. Like going yep. on your show was scary because the environment you felt like people were setting traps for you. Like you'd come in, it's like fucking six thirty in the morning, and the door would open, and that kid—I uh, can't remember his name, maybe it's Casey, I think—would come right. in with like a camera and be like, "Howard just said that uh, Jay Leno is a melon-headed, uh, you know, loser, <laughs> right. and, uh, and 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 uh, and hates Bill Maher." What do you say to that? And you're just like, right. "Nothing." I say nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I don't want to get. And then you come on, and and you know, some you always felt like there were traps that were laid. And that it was well, an obstacle course. You were one of the brave souls that used to come in on that show. I don't know how anybody did because I was out of my fucking mind. Clearly, I was really whacked. And I think it actually, that's why I liked your show so much. Because what you were talking about is I really wasn't set up to have a guest. Because I was so worried about the ratings. That was so competitive. That oh, wow. Okay. I couldn't give the microphone over to you or anyone else uh -huh. uh, and, and let you do your thing. I couldn't be gracious. Because I was too, I was sitting there looking at the clock, counting whether or not is this guy having people tune out or tune in, oh, and I wow. was obsessed. I, I didn't want to lose my number one status, so it was. I was out of. I was wacky. I was out of my mind, and it it, it just wasn't set up right. You What's know, so crazy now is, is how much better you are having lost that. Yeah, you know. L losing that allows you to, I mean, the, the shit you get out of your guests is fantastic, but I don't think you would have gotten that years ago because I think people came on your show. Cause like for me, it was like hosting the Oscars. It was like, I got to go on Howard show because if you're a comedian, that's where uh, that's just a place. It's a rite of passage and you got to right. come on there. Uh, but I think a lot of people came on there out of necessity or fear. And now they come on out of a genuine desire to connect and and to see where it goes like there's yeah. there's an excitement about it and there's uh you know you relish it in a way that before you really came in like you had to fucking prepare and and be right. ready for battle now you can come in a little more open no, you're right i wasn't being gracious i wasn't saying hey let let john grab the microphone and let him have his moment uh, because I was in no condition to do that. I was completely paranoid about the industry and about uh, ratings and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Hey, it listen, really it is competitive. I mean, uh, in, no. in your defense, like, it, it, it's not like you can just come on and not give a shit about any of that stuff. Like, you have to deliver. The Kind of the, the rule is uh, you, you get to do your thing, and if you sell enough beer for the parent company, then you get right. to stay on and, and, and do that. So that's not, you know, it's not a consideration that is, outrageous but maybe you're saying that it was perverted to some extent like it, it became kind of an obscenity for you 
Hey, John, what was the story when, you know, early on, I, I mean, I don't remember the time frame, but when mm-hmm. Letterman left, um, when Letterman left to go do CBS, do I have it right that you were the guy the network was considering, not Conan O'Brien, they wanted you to take over the Letterman slot. That's what I heard. And also, on NBC? On NBC. That's what no, I always heard. No, there was a, there was a process. Uh, what happened was, they ran like almost like an audition process and they got it down to like, I don't know, 10 people, five, 10 people. And I was one of those people. Uh, and they brought, I think they, they brought us all out to Los Angeles to perform at the improv in, in Los Angeles. And it was, it might've been Lauren Michaels. And I think he was part of that, that selection group. Right. And so we all performed, uh, and I can't remember exactly who was even on the bill that night. It might have been like Drew Carey and Paul Provenza and some other folks. Uh, and we performed stand-up on there, and it was kind of the final uh, round of the auditions. And then ultimately, I think it kind of ended there. None, none of us, I don't think, did test shows except for like, I think Conan did some test shows, and then that was it. But it wasn't I, I was I was never like up on there. uh I'll tell you one thing I was up on back in that whole Leno era before Conan took over the tonight show, Jeff Zucker had me out to dinner and told me he wanted me to guest host the tonight show to be their permanent guest host. And I was like, does Jay Leno know about this? He's like, absolutely. He loves the idea. And as it turned out, like, no, he didn't know. <laughs> and he didn't love the idea. And you were fucking making the whole thing up. And I just, we, wow. we still, I talked to James about it, uh, uh, Dixon, and we're always like, what the fuck was that dinner? That was the weirdest fucking dinner. Wow. Yeah. It's so weird. You know what else? It seems that there's so many stories that are so weird to me that yeah. here you are, a guy they're considering maybe as a takeover for Letterman, and then they yeah. want to see you do stand up. And and what has that got to do with you taking over Letterman? And what, I, you know what I think it was? I think it was, you know, monologues. And I think they just wanted to kind of get a sense of, you know, what the fuck knows? Well, what's a real audition for a talk show other than like you do it and everybody sucks at right. it. Like for the first six months, like it's it's a it, it's an art form. It's it's the thing that you perfected over all those years and you never really know. And then and, and look, Conan was not really a performer. He wasn't a stand-up or anything, but man, he created like a very iconic uh, and and unique kind of show. Because you know as well as anybody, those shows are fucking reductive and they're, uh, you know, basically a copy of another show. And it's very hard to do something original in that space. And he was it able is. to come in and do something really kind of unique. So they yep. were... That, that, that's that's a pretty cool statement for shows that are ubiquitous now. Well, you know, it makes a good point about you as a performer. So, like, you were you were hanging around, maybe potentially interested in doing a Letterman kind of show or right. one of those things. And in a way, thank God, none of that worked out because that forced you to go to Comedy Central and develop a whole new format. I don't think anyone was doing anything like The Daily Show. I think, like, much well, like... Well, The Daily Fun, Show existed, so it... It, it, yeah, it was but created, it was not like it was not like what you were doing. It was a, it, we we were able to you know they built a nice car. We were able to modify it a little bit to our to okay. our liking and uh, right. and, t- and take it into the other direction. Uh, but uh, 
you know, none of us are doing anything. We're, we're all building on, it's like music to a large extent. There's influences and in all kinds of different things. And so, you know, you can always trace it back and go, there's a little Stern in this. There's a little Carson in this. There's uh, a little Smothers Brothers. There's a little bit of hopefully Carlin. Uh, you know, it's all those people that you admired and hopefully that influence gets to percolate kind of in your own, in your own sauce. And, and you come out with something that is unique to what you do. I always said that on the show, we'll know when we're succeeding when we do things that could only happen here. That, that you create kind of a process and an alchemy that's unique to your sensibility and authentic you know, to it. You know, the other thing I was thinking about the other night yeah. when I was thinking about you coming on, I was comparing you. This is a really weird reference. You know it. I was comparing you to the amazing Randy. You remember amazing Randy? <laughs> yes. The magician. Of course I remember. Yeah. What did, oh, what I, did amazing I, I, Randy do? Amazing Randy was this guy who was a magician. He deconstructed, who, he, he basically deconstructed the industry. Of, of that's magic. right. Yeah. What he did was when, when, when I remember when Yuri Geller was saying, I have psychic powers or something, amazing right. Randy would say, you do not have psychic powers. You're a that's magician right. and stop right. saying you have psychic powers because that's you're right. misleading people. That's and right. in a way, what you're doing, and, and in particular, because I watch these clips all the time, like you would go on Tucker Carlson or you would go on Bill O'Reilly or you would go on Jim Cramer and you would go on and confront these guys and actually not attack them, but question their very existence on any kind of news channel. <laughs> I believe that's an attack. I believe when you question someone's existence. Well, you did it in a way. It was considered an attack. Yeah, I, I guess it was an attack. You're right. Yeah, no, and, it, and, it was. When you would do those kinds of things, like when you went on and confronted Tucker Carlson or, or Bill O'Reilly, mm -hmm. do you see what I mean? You're, you're, you're like amazing, Randy. Well, the show it's itself was a deconstruction of, of the magic trick that establishment media or establishment status quo kind of government were pulling on people. Cause it was for me, I was always more interested in the things you see on television, the things you see politicians do. There's always a meeting. There's always a room. There's always a strategy session. You know how like you'll have a pre-production meeting. Well, they do the same thing right. to take a country to war, yep. to raise taxes, to exploit, you know, the working class. Like there's always a meeting. Someone is always in a meeting discussing a strategy of how to accomplish a political goal or a governmental goal or all those things. And I was always interested in the space between those two things. The thing you yeah. saw presented versus how you knew it must have been designed because everything that happens happens with purpose. And yep. if you can uncover that intentionality, here's where it goes wrong. I think, and you were maybe raised on the same kind of ethos, but I was, I was kind of always enchanted by that. Uh, the emperor has no clothes. That sort of story of there was a monarch and he was all powerful and people were cowed by him and he, but he was so out of touch. He came out naked and, and everybody had to act like, Oh yeah, man, fucking great coat, great clothes, looking sharp. <laughs> and then some like, you know, innocent child would say, dude's naked and the spell would be broken and, you know, liberty and justice would reign for all. And it's really hard to realize that that's not enough. But I think that that 
that informed why I did it. You were just never ready for if the child said, you're not wearing any clothes, you know, somebody, the whole crowd turning around and going, fake news, that's fake news. You're, yeah. you're in bed, you know. You always How thought sad that, is that that would be prescriptive. Oh, it's, it's very sad. How sad is that? How sad very is sad. it that uh, that you're the little kid going, but you're not wearing any clothes, except the end of the story is nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit, say. and you get taken away. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's It's what you realize is power doesn't ever seed itself. It's it's a incredibly intoxicating and you know, we're in a time frame right now where people are really invested in their team to the extent that, look, man, I mean, Donald Trump ran and won with the support of evangelicals. I mean, you know, Trump, like there is no less godly man that has right. walked through the earth. Like the yeah. man literally shits on gold toilets and you're like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't, you know, he didn't. And, and it, it doesn't matter and and that's the part he's been a great kind of you know morality tale in like an antibiotic resistant strain of something like you know you know what he said he said what, what did he say uh, i could shoot somebody on fifth avenue and not lose any supporters and that's true i mean obviously if he vaccinated somebody on fifth avenue well he might lose some supporters there but other than that <laughs> it's so, so it's, mind-boggling it's mind-boggling. It really and it, it yeah. shows you, though, that there's the ruling class will oftentimes try to inoculate themselves against the child saying, you have no clothes. And they've really built up much a much stronger defense, I think, than rhetoric can penetrate. And that's why it's I, I've come to the conclusion that it's not really about that. That that's something that, rather than agents of change, we're like diagnosticians. We can come in and say, I, I am diagnosing this system as sick in this way, but it's really, man, people on the ground, grassroots, like the people that are slugging it out day to day in the trenches that allow for change to occur and allow for things to be better. Yeah, I love that whole point you made on the show with, uh, like when you were talking about that, it was a funny bit where you do COVID versus, uh, Hitler, you know, who's, who's, uh, who's, who's more Hitler? Who's more Hitler? COVID more Hitler? or the vaccine, you know? Yes. But it really got to the point that it is the media. You, you made the point that the media are the ones that are even giving all of this time and attention mm -hmm. to these anti-vaxxers, the kooks. And by, Putting the kooks on TV, they're getting big right. ratings because, really, it's a kooky thing. The vaccine works. Mm -hmm. People are 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 getting uh, out of their homes because they're not dying from COVID. Right. And yet, the vaccine and wearing a mask has been like criminalized because of the kooks getting on TV. Well, they they what they do is they spend a lot more time on the con. They uh, spend a lot more time on the person who flips out in a fucking Trader Joe's than they do on how it works, why it works, because that's where their money is in creating urgency and outrage. You know that. Like, the media exists for one reason, like 9-11 or an invasion of Ukraine. So for that week, they're ubiquitous and, like, 
infrastructure are completely aligned with the size of the story. But in the absence of those, all they can do is create urgency, right? Their yeah. whole job is to get you so fucking freaked out that you'll stay with them. Right. They, they don't ever try and convince you to stay because you'll come away more informed. They'll tell you that's what they're doing. But what they're really doing is saying, if you don't watch us, this whole fucking thing could fall apart and you'll die. You'll die. Your family could die. Everybody could die. So you should watch us. You know, they, they gin up that sense of urgency and peril and conflict and all that shit. They're creating the narratives. And I think that by doing that in the way that they do, it actually has, has an effect. Like the media has an effect on events. It has a real world impact on how shit plays out. No question. I remember. I know. If I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, get, uh, when John F. Kennedy Jr. died, right? Uh, I lived down in that neighborhood and they set up like a little shrine outside of his apartment building. And it was, you know, it was a really sad time. But there were television cameras all over it. Right? And I saw as the media coverage grew, the line grew. Right. And as soon as the camera left, the line left. And suddenly it was done. Right. And, and they created, they created the scene. They framed it the way they wanted to frame it. And then they yelled, cut. Well, cut and scene. And it all went away. If they stop covering that war in Ukraine, that war will go away too, in terms of the, uh, well, the, the Americans. The war will go away from our consciousness. Yes. Like, like it is in Yemen. Like, we don't think about Yemen. Yemen's been bombed to smithereens for like fucking years. But they got bored with that. I don't think they cared about it. Yeah. To begin with. In, in the same way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they cared about it. They don't care necessarily about, uh, Yemen, Palestine. You know, listen, the Arab, this is, these are people that, that look, look, my people are from Ukraine. Lithuania, you know, this is, and that's not to diminish, like, look, Putin is, is obviously, it's a different animal when a nuclear power is, is seemingly gone off the rails and, and engaging in the kind of imperialism and adventures like we thought we didn't see, except for like us, but that's our job. So we're allowed to. How does, how does Trump get away with saying Putin's a genius during this? And, and then like, and then says, I never said it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Because he's, he's a tremendous liar. He's one of the best. I think he's he's a really hard person to argue with. Like, it's one of those things where they're like, Hunter Biden is corrupt and his laptop and nepotism. And you're like, Donald Trump's kids have benefited and, and profited off his name and his connections forever, including in the White House. Your fucking daughter got trademarks from China. The, the big enemy in your eyes that you've created amongst all your people. Yet your daughter w was given all kinds of access and trademarks and they've made millions of dollars. And here's what he would say to that. I don't have a daughter. And you'd be like, wait, right. what? <laughs> no, you have a, you, her name is Ivanka. It's your daughter. No, I don't. That's fake news. Wait, no, I've seen the pictures. No, I, I don't have uh, any children. What? Yeah, no, I'm not married. Wait, yeah. how are you not? I'm the Pope. Really? And by the time you're done trying to like unravel all this shit, he's moved on to the next fucking thing.
It's I'm against immigration. I'm against immigration, but my my wife's parents they can come right in. We'll we'll get them ushered right in. They're good. My people. wife doesn't have parents. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're not. They they don't live anywhere. Uh, He's amazing. You were talking about gun control on your new show, and yeah. uh, I, I I thought it was great because you go. Um, they say only good people should have guns, and you go. Well, how do you know who's a good guy? Yeah. He goes, uh, and then you played the clip of OJ going, I'm a good guy. And then yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. well, OJ clearly gets a gun. It, so he gets it's a, a gun. Tr- yeah, it's a tremendous show. You know, Harvey, it's funny. Harvey Weinstein gets a gun. He's a good <laughs> yeah. guy. But you know what's funny? I, I yeah. think about if I ran a news network that I'd probably just make my number one story, uh, Kanye West, Pete Davidson, and Kim Kardashian, um, which used to be oh, the they, e-network. Yeah, I mean, but what a, right. what a that's, story. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah, I mean, meanwhile, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I know P. Real well. Uh, he's just a kid trying to live his life. Like, he's, yeah, he's a yeah. Kid. yeah, he's, I, he's I've had one, one on of my favorite show. people. Yeah, he's, he's just a fucking smart, funny uh, kid trying to live his life. And, and he's just caught up and, you know, and he's doing I think he's doing uh, as best you can in that situation when you're dealing with with something that's so explosive and and loaded with all kinds of other uh, things. And uh, uh, I just love that kid. Really do. How did you, how did you, uh, how do you know him? It would seem like, uh, John Stewart wouldn't know him, but from the comedy clubs, is that how you met him? I think because I'm incredibly hip and with it. Yes. I think the that kids want to know you. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, you know, so a lot of times I walk down the street <laughs> and people will say, who's that Ernest Borgnine looking motherfucker? <laughs> uh, I'd like to, I'd like to hang out with that guy. And maybe, oh I, I guess they call it, they say chop it up. I'd like to chop it up with him. Uh, no, he and I know each other from comedy, from from going on the road. Uh, Dave, Dave and I were doing gigs in Boston and Houston, and and Pete came out and performed. Uh, and him and Mulaney worked near where I live in Jersey, so I would go and and buy pizza from a place, and we'd just go hang out, and we just became we became friends uh, from that. And I, you know, I always have like a, you know, a very paternal instinct. On, on those guys, you know, you always feel like, cause you, you just, I've seen too many of my friends get in trouble and some of them die and, and you don't, you know, do young fuck, guys, it's a fucked up business. Do young guys, not necessarily Pete Davidson, but, but these younger guys, when they see you at these comedy clubs, mm-hmm. uh, do they ask your advice? Do they seek you out to like say, Hey, you, you've been through this. You, you know, you made it, you know, and you, and you, and you built a nice career for yourself. Do they, do not, they turn not, to you or the, I, I mean, sometimes, but, but not explicitly like that. I think it's more, you, you know how this is like that. It's that back table at the, at the club and everybody's doing their sets. And it's, it's the, the fun of why we got into it is to hang out with, to not have a real job, to dress like shit, to go out at night and, and drink and eat lousy food and hang out with, other hopefully very funny people uh i do think at times there's a there's a stereotype about the comedy world as being sort of not supportive or not and it's and it is like look it's it's a business it's cutthroat to some extent but there's a real camaraderie i think is there are there comedians that you would go to comedy clubs uh who are Mm -hmm. like so sort of like fuck you other guys uh i'm an independent guy i don't need the rest of you i'm better than the rest of you um, is there, I mean, there are dicks, there are dicks in every business. I mean, that's, but, but right. that's, I think that's the exception. I mean, the general rule, and there are certainly people that are, 
the envious types, uh, the kind that are nobody's as good as me. And, and when they get something, that's bullshit. And I should have gotten that, you know, and but you spot those pretty quickly. And, you know, you, you know what that's about and you and you know how much to let them in. Uh, but for the most part, it's just some of the funniest, nicest, smartest people that I know have ever met. People that I don't know, like I'll go there and just young comics that I've never seen before that are funny as fuck and really friendly. And, uh, you know, and you know, it's been interesting is to watch the industry diversify in terms of voices. Like it really was when I started, it was like, you know, diversity was like, you know, Colin Quinn, he's Irish. So that's good. So that, you know, it's not just, it's not just seven Jews. You know what I mean? Like it's right. You know, and, and occasionally like Susie Essman would come on or Judy go like there were women, but they were pioneers still like you were watching them, but it was in no way a supportive environment for women. And it probably still, you know, I'm not in the clubs as much now, but, but it's clearly there are the, the amount of different voices that you hear. And the kind of comedy that you hear is so much more is like such a richer environment than what it was. Isn't it amazing to see some of these people when you started out who were mm -hmm. so like supernova, super talented. You said, man, they're going places mm -hmm. and they go nowhere like they never get out of the clubs. Is that it, 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 just yeah. unbelievable to you? Like there's some people that you saw that were brilliant, but just never were acknowledged by the public. Yeah. I mean, or, or never acknowledged to the extent that you, you thought, I mean, no matter what people say, you know, the show business is in no way a meritocracy. Like right. that's for fucking sure. And right. there is a good amount of good fortune that has to come to anybody. But the people that were really good maybe didn't get that ultimate goal, but did okay. Like there's right. very few people that I know of that were <clears throat> that were good who didn't do okay they might not have gotten to the level where you were like that's what they deserve because they're like they're brilliant and it's like nothing i've ever seen and they might not but they do okay they end up oh you know what the performing thing but now they're running a show out in la or they've written something that's you know off a, of a different thing or they've got a couple of books out like they do well they they produce stuff it's it's well accepted. They make a good living. They just aren't that brass ring that that maybe you thought they could have. The problem comes is when they have, and you can spot this sometimes. There's something psychological that you know is going to prevent that talent from getting its due. Like there's something mm -hmm. else in there, self-destructive, self-defeating. That's the thing that I always thought was more than the capriciousness of the business we're in because it is and it's fucking arbitrary that that was the part that i always saw as and listen man you and i both know, we know too many people who have died like yeah. talented smart funny loved people and there was nobody with more raw talent than sam kennison and he was just oh my god himself. i mean what a talent what a brilliant comedy mind and brilliant yeah. And a lovely, you, and, and it heartbreaking. Farley. Yeah. I mean, any, any of those guys, like it, and, Farley. And, and you see it coming, you know, like, like, uh, we've lost too many. And, yeah, and you know, so, it's, 
You got my mind going. Like, imagine you back in the day sitting at mm -hmm. some table in a comedy club with guys like Chappelle and all you guys sitting there joking around. I could imagine that being tremendously fun, but also oh, yeah. like, like super competitive. Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be witty at this table. I gotta be the smartest guy in the room if I'm going to keep up with these guys and earn their respect, you know? I mean, you hope, obviously, you're in a business, so you hope you earn people's respect. But, like, right. even even an idiot could have seen Chappelle coming and been like, yeah, I'm not going to try and keep up with that guy. <laughs> that's that's a whole different level of funny that I'm just going to, like, I'm going to admire it. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to do my thing. And, and Do you ever analyze it? Do you ever say, I mean, listen, you're you're a great comedian as well. But, but, but do you ever sit there and go, this guy's so fucking relaxed. And it seems like he's coming up with material, like left mm -hmm. and right, like off the prolific. top of his head. How prolific. Yeah. And, and, and you go, why? How is he doing that? What what the hell is the secret? You know, it's 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 boggling. Well, generally, like getting back to, you know, what you were talking about, about Randy, right? Amazing um, Randy. Generally, I can deconstruct where somebody's coming from. Like, mm. you know, it's like a magician that goes to a show. Once you know the tricks, you can watch it and go like, that guy's a craftsman. Like, that's fucking, that's good craft. Uh, it's really well done. But I know how this, I know how this trick goes. But there are certain people that come in and you just go, touched by God. That's just, that's just different. That's, I can't give you a roadmap to that because I'm not sure how he got there. And those are the people that, you tip your cap to, you just go, you know, I was always somebody that got by. I, I, I thought I was, you know, good, but I worked hard. Like I had to get right. better. And then this is not to say that brilliant people don't work hard, but there were certain people where you just go, your brain's different. It's kind of a magical thing. I'm glad you're here. Cause I appreciate it. I love, I love watching miles Davis as much as the next guy, but I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, Sarah Silverman was one time with me, and she said um, mm -hmm. um, she was talking about some of the comics that she thought were really good, but they kind of fizzled. She said they never worked on their act enough. They Like, they got lazy. They would just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. That hard work ethic, that thing where you sit there. Were you the type of guy like Jerry Seinfeld who write, who would write every day, like sit there no. and write on a pad every day? No, I was more somebody that had to do it to get better. I, I wasn't. I wasn't good at the discipline of writing but I was good at the grind. Like I could go out and do like a tell was like that too. Like we could grind it. Like, you know, you'd pass each other in the subway going from stand up New York, back down to the cellar, back up to Caroline's, you know, you do your six shows in a night. You'd would do you try out shows in a night. Would, would you try out new material on stage? Like one of the things about Chappelle, you Always. would go see him on a night where he might be just kind of looking around to, he, he actually creates on stage. That's right. Jerry has said to me, he would never do that. He writes everything out. He's all prepared. He, do, he best, doesn't believe. By the way, best craftsman I've ever seen in this business. Best. Like, Jerry. He, he, yeah, here's someone that you wouldn't necessarily think that of, but like Seinfeld and Carlin have a lot in common in that they are very prepared. different acts and, and very different, but master craftsmen and it's exactly right. Fucking prepared. They are so meticulous. That was the thing about Carlin that was so impressive to me. And I was lucky enough to get to know him a little bit was his level of preparation. 
was second to none. And Seinfeld's the only other guy that I've ever seen that has that same level of ability to do that. Like, it's it's remarkable to me. I'm so glad you mentioned Carlin because I was watching you on your new show. I said, he's channeling Carlin right now. You were doing uh, a rant. Yeah, you were doing a rant. And you were even kind of, I think, I don't know if it was like intentional or not. You were you were kind of yelling about so You were worked up in the George Carlin kind of way. And you were going yeah. real fast. And I went... I think John, this is John's homage oh, yeah. to Carlin I, right now. Always, man. Oh, every, everything is an homage to Carlin. Everything always comes back to his bit. I always find myself just coming back to his seminal bits and, and, yeah. and, and reflecting on it. I mean, he's just one of the giants for me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just so pleased that I had a chance to, to even meet him. You know, are you, um, um, do I have it right that you're up for the, or you're going to receive the Mark Twain prize for American yeah, yeah. humor? And that's yes. going to go. That's going to go on at the Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah, that's yeah. got. Uh, that sounds important to me. I mean, Mark. It Twain does sound award, important. The, uh, yeah. I <laughs> mean, who else has gotten? Who else has gotten this kind of award? I, I, Mark I, Twain and Kennedy in the same room. Yeah. I, it couldn't be more important. How do you dis, do? You have any? Because I watch these on TV, and I always enjoy those kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. And they give you a fancy uh, medal or something. I mean, it's like the, it's like the Kennedy Center honor. It's that kind of thing. I believe you get an honorary Twain mustache. I think, nice. <laughs> but I, I haven't I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. How does it work from a TV standpoint? Do they come to you and say, "Listen, we're going to give you the Mark Twain Award. We're going to mm-hmm. build a TV show around it." Who do you want to give you the award, or is it a total surprise to you? It's not a total surprise, but like they'll say to you. Uh, throw down, you know, on a list of paper, like who are some of the people you would love to be there. And so I'll write that stuff down and then, but I don't know exactly what they're going to do or, or how they're going to do who it. Who would you put on the, who are the top five people that you put down on that list? You said, yeah, these guys are killers. They'll come out. And I mean, I, I, I put down the people that, that, you know, I've worked with for, for so long, which is, you know, Dave and Steven and, uh, Steve Carell and Oliver and those guys, like the people that I worked with. For so many years, David Tell, you mean? When you say uh, Chappelle. Dave, Chappelle. Oh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Chappelle. Yeah, um, um, and those guys, and 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 getting those there. I'm looking at the time though. You know. Oh yeah, you I gotta to go, think, don't you? I gotta I go. Yeah, my, uh, my what are you doing? Tour, we're gonna go to our college, so I gotta get up to. Uh, you know, my son is 17 now; he's a junior, and so it's that point where like you gotta go, and like oh. Are people going to drive you nuts? Are you, are, are, when you go out and you're touring around with you, hey, there's John Stewart. It's going to be, it's going to be, too. No. yeah, you, 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 I'm not, you have, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the most recognizable cat. And even if I was, like, I've never been like Madonna. It's not like when I go out, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe it's that guy from cable. Shit, like, I've run out of time. I, I, the big thing I had to ask you is what the yes. fuck you were doing at Madison Square Garden watching the Knicks. I thought you were completely paranoid about, um, about COVID. Can I tell you something? There are very yeah. few things in this world that are worth facing the virus for. I have been vaccinated like 20 <laughs> times. Me I drink too. monoclonal antibody smoothies. <laughs> like too. I'm doing it. You and I, listen, we're fragile in the best of times. Yes. In the worst of times, you and I are the poster children for these people should stay home. But my son well, loves the well, well, Wait a second. Why I brought my daughter a to a game. Maggie why? got to go to a game. But when I see you on TV at the Nick game, you're sitting next to Pete Davidson and Ben Stiller, who, by the way, went home. I just had Ben on. He went, went home, home that got night COVID. and got, got COVID. I know. He called me up and he goes, I got COVID. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you didn't get it. You did I not, did not get, it. get it. I didn't get and, it. 
but why wouldn't you, uh, uh, John Stewart, not wear a mask at the garden? I don't understand. Why did John Stewart jump out of a plane a few years ago? Like shit happens where I just I, I lose my inhibition, and and some of it too is the older you get, I think the more you just sort of feel like, oh, I you know what? I've got to get out of my own head. I've got to get out of my own neuroses, and I've got to do some things that for enjoyment not not for internalization like let's just fucking have some fun can't believe i ran out of time with you I had so many more questions my man i'm okay. so sorry listen i'm sorry N- normally i you, you know i love you and no, I, love I know i know let uh, me give you a plug let me plug you now john hosts sorry, the problem with john stewart on apple tv <laughs> plus you should check it out i had a yes. lot to talk to you about a, I'll come you know, back. You know, we're not. Yeah, it's this is good. easy. I thought I was going to have to come in your studio. This is easy. I'll come back. Yeah, talk. come back on because here's what, here's the line of questioning: Why Apple yep. TV Plus? Because in a way, it's hard to find a show like yours on Apple TV Plus because mm-hmm. you know that menu is staggering with all the different shows and things, and because right. you're on once a week, and and you and, and 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 I wonder how you work out a financial agreement. You were making really good bread at the Daily Show. That is. And now you're coming back. Was there a bidding war for the show? I have a lot of business questions around well, this show. Next time I come back, we'll talk business. Uh, I'll bring in some of the the contract stuff. We'll 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 you knock it the, all bring out. In your, bring in your contracts. <laughs> we're going to go through it. Clause and I by want clause. you to and do me a favor. I don't know if you journal. I do, but keep a log of every porn you watch and what the theme mm. of the porn was, and we can get <laughs> okay. back into that. I'm going to do that. Yes. And, and, and remember, John Stewart, he wants you to watch this show. From what I can tell, he's putting a lot of work into this. And oh, the yes. other thing. So. Yes, he seems prepared for this. Thank one. you. Oh, well, Robin, and, that's and, very kind of you. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> going to question you quite mm-hmm. extensively on your writing mm-hmm. staff. You're not using comedy writers that much. And I find this maybe possibly insane. I want to know how that's all working out for you. I, I'm going to we're going to we're going to talk about all that stuff. We'll get in there. And uh, it's just always so great to see you. And I'm sorry that we don't get a chance to to talk more. Well, uh, same here. That's your John fault. Host, that, that that's your fault, fault, not mine. In fact, Jimmy Kimmel started an email chain. Jimmy Kimmel, I'll say this, started an email chain. And John yeah. was on it with me. And I think Jimmy's idea was to get John and I talking on the email. Yeah. And yes, be, it was, it we, was we, matchmaking. We, 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 we love each we other, have, but we're both yeah. reclusive. It's, our problem is we're both our own worst enemies when it comes to social my wife wants to see the whole farm setup you have. She keeps. She can come out anytime. All We're, right, we'd be delighted to have her. Problem with John Stewart, Apple TV Plus. Uh, John's going uh, to colleges now to check them out. Um, he's he's going to go to for my son, not for me. I'm not for his son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what you do is, ta- if you want to skip all that, take a picture of him on a rowing machine and say he's on the rowing <laughs> team and slip somebody a couple of bucks. John. All right, uh, I love it. You'll get away with it. I love you too. Take care. All there right. he is, take John care. Stewart, father Hi, of the year. He walks away because he has children. He, he yeah. Um, what did what did he mess up and have children? <laughs> it made, made some sort of error there. Uh, John hosts The Problem with John Stewart on Apple TV+. Plus, You can hear John on Pandora's Comedy Icons Radio. All right, maybe we'll end the show. It's enough show. I did. Uh, I had a whole bunch of things to get to, um, but uh, that was nice talking to John. Yes, yes, John was great. It's always good to see him. Always good. We've been talking to John for years and years and years. Yeah, what happened was Jimmy Kimmel, uh, 
I don't know. He was like matchmaking. He sent yeah. me Pimble, an email. Pimble. And it was to me and John Stewart. And uh, they were talking about, so I don't even remember what the email was about, but that's one of those emails where everybody's very witty and they, right. you know, everyone's good. And I went, this is too much work. This intimidates been... you. Yeah. You always, you see something yeah. like that and you say, this is going to be the hard work. It seems like hard work. And, you know, I, I probably was in the middle of a, a stepdad karate daughter swap or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't know what I was doing that particular day, but we didn't keep up. But uh, I know my wife wants to, you know, John's got this farm yeah, where he it rescues like an animals. Amazing, uh place he yeah. has where he rescues animals. Yeah. My All kinds said, of big animals, small animals. Yeah, my wife was like, well, I want to see that. I, well, I know John Stewart. I probably could get us an invite, but I wasn't sure how to go about that i mean you know i'm not good with that stuff but oh uh, but i'm sure he'd be happy because yeah. they they want support and they they want to encourage other people to do things next year will mark 30 plus years of john stewart coming on this show Robin. wow he's made his I didn't first even appearance realize that october 1993 amazing um, yeah yeah there you go all right well we'll see you tomorrow we have a full agenda tomorrow yeah, I can't even tell you. It's, it's secret, uh, but you'd better show up. Very long. Bye. Because you'll miss it.